The first thing I notice is you're missing a finger. Yes, that's true. Do a lot of people notice that? Uh, I don't think initially, because they did a great job. They did a great yeah. job. So it's called a re ray resection, uh -huh. where they remove everything. So this was completely destroyed. We regrew it via a hip implant or you know a bone graft, and then the finger still had no functionality. So we uh, we just decided after some time of it getting caught in the car door and uh, some other stuff that probably the best thing to do was to cut it off. So I used the same surgeon that did the all most of. The, I had ten total surgeries, and then he was just like, "Hey, man." We can keep tearing it up, or uh, we can cut it off. So, so, are they are they outpatient surgeries? Yeah. So I was in and out. So. And do you actually see him doing it, or do they? No, no. I was completely under. Yeah, yeah. Because because they had removed everything. So had they not done the ray resection, you would it would be way more noticeable. It would have that significant kind of outcropping here. It's just nice and smooth. Yeah, it's kind. Of, it's it's. Um, yeah. It, it, you have to do kind of a triple take on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it healed really well. So uh, I have a superior immune system. I've had AIDS twice. So, yeah. No, just kidding. Oh. But this. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so it healed up really well. And do that, you have AIDS? No, okay. no, I don't, no, no. Um, how did that happen? What, what, what caused the finger to be damaged in the first place? Uh, you know, some people will run towards a firefight, some run away. I drove literally right in the middle of it, uh, and we just got caught kind of in a crossfire. I mean, luckily, that was the only thing that happened. Chicago? No. Oh, uh, oh. Afghanistan. Yeah. Have you met Eric? I just met Eric. Yeah. yeah. We've, been, yeah. we've been chatting. Yeah. We've been chatting. I think this is his, actually. So. <laughs> <laughs> I dropped it. That, that air freshener. <laughs> How does everyone know what that is? What do you mean? I mean, like, I put that there thinking that no one would even know what it it's is. It's the wrapper. It's very color-coded. Yeah, yeah. I would have never known what it is, but I, it was in the bathroom here at HQ, and I just pulled it out of the box. Just to see what it was? So it, they call you Mac. Yes, sir. No, I knew what it was. I mean, I, I only knew what it was because of the outside of the box. Um, Matt, if you saw this, you would just know what this is? No. Oh. <laughs> Did someone tell you? No. Oh. It, it's very Easter, too. Yeah, that's true. Your name is Mac. Yes, sir. Your last name is McLean. So Mac McLean. Yeah. Full name is Marcus McLean, uh, but for a long time, everyone in the military called me Sergeant Sergeant Mac, because no one could pronounce our last name because it's very very complicated to say. Apparently, so. that could be a TV show, Mac McLean. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like MacGyver. Yes. That's but even, exactly but even what cooler. I was thinking. But even cooler. Yeah. You are. Um, do you know Matt Bischel? I do now. Yes. Yeah. Via via. How do you say it? Did the internet? You, yeah, yeah, exactly. Via the internet, yeah. Uh-oh, something yeah. happened. It's the entire internet. I don't hear anything. Uh, it's about time. I'm back. <laughs> no. Sorry. You are on the L1, CrossFit L1 team. Yes, sir. You're the fourth L1 seminar staff we've had in here in, no, fifth in three days. All right. Uh, all the liaisons are, yeah. are on point, yeah. Oh, no, no, actually, Daniel Chapman. Daniel's not. But he no. works with us as a translator, so. Oh, he's not an L1 staff? No. no. Oh, I thought he was. But he's part of the family. So. The superstar gym owner. And you're a gym yeah. owner. Yes, sir. And you hail from Indiana or Germany via Indiana. Yeah, exactly. So. It's so weird. When I think of people from Indiana, I don't think that, like, any of them are allowed in Europe. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm probably <laughs> the only one. I don't, I don't know how I escaped the island. But Have I, you ever <laughs> met anyone else in, um, 
Germany, who's from Indiana. Yeah. So what? Funny thing is, is Drake Slagke, uh He's also on seminar staff. Uh, Reebok CrossFit Nuremberg, one of our most affluent, most well-known affiliates. He's from <laughs> Northern Indiana. So uh, we have a, a long-time history of being in the military. Uh, we're Ranger buddies together, and uh, yeah. So he's he's the other one, which is which no one would I don't think going through high school, no one would imagine either of us uh, ending up in Germany owning a gym. Because <laughs> we were stellar students, of course. You know? Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How old are you? I am, uh, I just turned, what year is it now? 41. Yeah, 41. You're 41. You have two kids? Yes, sir. And how old are your kids? Uh, 22 and soon to be uh, 17. Don't do that math. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so you were, you, was, you were 19? Yes. And your wife was how old? Uh, a little bit older. Uh, so my ex-wife, but, uh, that's what happens. You know, you go to Germany, you drink the water, you meet a German girl, you have, have some kids and you get divorced and, uh, Oh, it was a German lady. Yeah. 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 So it's the curse of the, the GI going over there. Mm. It's just, it's, wow. We've opened up a lot of fronts, missing finger kids. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Affiliate owner. Now we're going to try to like weave them all back. Yeah. It's like I walked into a storm melee <laughs> over here. Cl- yeah. Close some of these doors. Did yeah. you see the new, um, red stick, Matt? Oh Yeah. I'm a big fan of the red stick because that's what's in here. No, <laughs> just smaller. It's a little brother. <laughs> Try to hold that out here and fold it in half. Up or but, down? Uh, uh, either way. Did you feel anything weird? No. It's different holding it out here as opposed to doing it here. Maybe yeah, I can see that. Yeah, it's cool. I like it more than the big black wand. You're so strong. <laughs> You're, such, <laughs> You're such a man. You had stronger grip. You're such a man. <laughs> Jeez. Um. So you're born in Indiana to a mother and father. Yes. And what city in Indiana? Uh, Richmond, Indiana. And um, how long did you stay in Indiana? Till I was uh, 18. Um, and I just had a series of events. I was born during a blizzard. I think okay. that's what makes me unique or, or weird. So were you born at home? Uh, no, but I guess it was quite a struggle to get to the to the hospital. And uh and yeah, my real mother passed away when I was 10, and then at the age 18, my best friend committed suicide, and I went to the, right before we was to graduate high school, so the next day I went to the military, and I was like, I don't care where you send me, but you got to get me out of here. Anywhere but here. How, yeah. how, how does your mom die at 10? Uh, multiple sclerosis. Okay. You know, and had we known now, I mean, the approaches to diet and everything, I really think uh, it could have turned out a lot better, but it was just... Is that a slow? Yeah, so... Uh, at about the age two or three, she started to to exhibit sight loss, then loss of motor control, and then was bedridden at home uh, for some time, and then eventually in a nursing home, and then eventually she succumbed to, to multiple sclerosis. So. And, you, and your dad raised you? Uh, no. My dad was uh, working all the time trying to pay the bills. So uh, I yeah. was raised by by. My grandparents and yeah, my family. So I bounced around a lot. So uh, I can't imagine losing my mom at ten. No yeah, way. yeah, uh, yeah. It was, you know, I never heard her. I I couldn't if she's if you had audio of her speaking, I, I wouldn't know what she sounds like. You know, mm. she had lost most of her motor skills by the time I was old enough to uh, to remember anything. So just so are you? Does what? How? What does that do to a kid? Or does that make you? Do you act out? Are you calm? Are you quiet? Were you wild? Were you? Uh, I think I was on reserved? a good path for a while, and then I, I grew up way too fast. I had to. There was just no one around to take care of me, and I think I hit a certain point, and then I hit, you know, the teenage years, and uh, 
at that point, I, I was emancipated in Indiana. You can be emancipated from your, your parents. And my dad was like, man, you just <laughs> uh, 16, you, you can take care of yourself. So, uh, yeah, and that just gave me a lot of freedom that I probably didn't deserve um, and probably couldn't handle at the time. And, uh, yeah, like I said. Did you move out at 16? Uh, I just started living, yeah, pretty much wherever I could with friends and going to high school. I'd always had a job that was something that was always, and I think that's what kept me going, is, is I was raised for some time with my grandparents on a farm. And we had, you got to work hard. you got to be up early. you gotta, you got to do all these things in order to keep the farm and family business going. And uh, that just held true. No matter what situation I found myself in, I was like, put your head down. You'll get through this. and uh, And I think that's what... You know, I never had any aspirations of going to the military, but it looked like the right thing to do, or it was a way out, as I think a lot of people are seeking. And and that's, long story short, that's the Army, and then that's how I found CrossFit, is I needed a... Oh, you're not going to get away that easy. (laughs) (laughs) I I needed an escape, you know? Um, Discipline's amazing, isn't it? Uh, It it saved my life. Um, having some good habits. It's funny you say that because, like, no matter, like, I have a couple good habits too, and no matter what, like, like you do them, and like exercise is one of them. Absolutely. No matter how hungover you are or whatever, you gotta like, yeah, you have to sweat today. One hundred percent. What's the other one? The other good habit? Yeah. I don't know that. The, just that one. <laughs> <laughs> just that one. You gotta work. Just gotta do something. You gotta grind at some yeah, point. Yeah, every absolutely. Day. Yeah, you do. Uh, regardless of how bad or good the situation is. Yeah. So. Um, I moved out when I was 16 too. I, I jumped around a couple of friends' houses and then ended up moving, living with my dad who I hadn't lived with up until that point. Yeah. And he gave me my own apartment. So shit got crazy. Right on. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Did you, the, 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 but I held a job. I right. held a job. Um, when you, when you, um, was that your first, was that your first girlfriend, your first love who you had the kids with? Uh, I guess essentially, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, like you didn't have girlfriends when you were in Indiana. I did at that point. Yeah, but nothing serious, you know, or, or nothing to that extent to where I thought I want to be with someone the rest of my life. You okay, know? that was my way of just trying to feel out if you were stable enough at that point to like get a girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. yeah. I was a good time. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I had tons of girlfriends. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, how tall are you? Uh, five ten. And how much do you weigh? 170 pounds. You're lean and mean. Yeah, something like that, yeah. So you, um, do you graduate from high school? Yes, I did. Yeah. And then you, um, how, how does your best friend die? Um, yeah, so in those those early years, uh, we, we partied, we had a pretty good time in Indiana because there's not much else to do. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, had there been something like CrossFit or something to keep us occupied or to keep us, you know, we played football, basketball, but that stuff was just here and there. And in the meantime, we sit on back pickups and, and drank beer and listened to, to rock and roll. Right. And, uh, and one party just got out of hand and, uh, he ended up getting burnt by the bonfire and, uh, he was a good, he was a good looking dude. The girls really liked him and, uh, he was burnt from here down. Um, he had cami shorts on, so that saved this, his groin area. But he was burnt pretty bad, and uh, you were there. Yeah, yeah. I we treated him and put him out, and it was it was a hell of an experience, you know, for a 17, 18 year old kid. You know, the, the smell of burning flesh and the sight was something that I'll never forget. And uh, he he just couldn't handle it, um, you know. And we it was by it was with him a lot, you know. I went to vacation with his family, you know. His family was my family, 
And then uh, I remember just coming and you home. Need, and you needed a family. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and, and we were yeah, we were like brothers. And I remember coming home and coming down the street, and I saw the county sheriff's car at the at the street, and I was like, man. And as I got closer, you know, I we couldn't go any farther. And they were the ambulance was in front of, and I knew, I, I didn't, I, I knew exactly what happened, you know. And uh, what made him your best friend? What makes a best friend? That's a good good question. Um, you know where we were from, man. We didn't have that was a time, you know, there was that time without iPhones and all that. And and a good friend was, you know, man, hey, I'm going to be here, and they were there. And we were through all kinds of stuff together. I mean, we just, you know, those experiences as teenagers, whether it's, you know, whatever it may be, trying to be a teenager, trying to find yourself, trying to develop as a young man, putting up with your crazy parents. You know, me and him just bonded on that level. Mm-hmm. And, and I had two guys like that, you know, who, who recognized that I didn't have a family. And, you know, they, they just, they were like, hey, man, you're coming home with us. I know you, you know, you, you need somewhere to stay or whatever. You're out late, you know. Or, and that's how those those bonds are, are formed, you know, and then getting into trouble, of course. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cornerstone of friendship. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Every one of these 170 greatest trainers in the world, which you're a part of, is so is so, so unique. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the best part it's of this like, community, It's man. like there's no two of you are the fucking same. Yeah. Not, I mean, not even remotely the same. Yeah. I mean, I know people aren't the same, but... It's not, um, okay. Did, did he, go ahead. I was just saying, there's the one common similarity is their, their passion for yeah. you know, yep. CrossFit. I think that's what brings us all together. Yeah. You know, as, as being a United States Army jump master, I would show up and work with four individuals to put, you know, 65 paratroopers out of an aircraft. And everyone showed up and knew the rules and responsibilities and was passionate about what they're doing. That's the same thing when I show up on the weekends. Mm. You know, I, I never work with the same team right normally you know it's every team every weekend's a new team and we come with the same dedication and professionalism that I experienced so it was very easy for me to transition or I felt very comfortable uh, going from military to, to to this and I think there is a lot of similarities that parallel and just made it you know without CrossFit I don't, I don't know where I'd be a right natural now natural fit yeah yeah it just it just yeah it was a great fit you know a really great fit do you remember um did he, did he exhibit signs of committing suicide yeah, he was down. He was really down, you know, and I was too young to see. And, it, and his dad was, a, was you know, a, a Vietnam vet and uh, had some problems of his own, you know, that we'd experienced with him. And, and you know, alcohol and, and painkillers and everything else mixed together doesn't help, you know. And, and he had no outlet. And, uh, you know, how, who was I to, to kind of coach and mentor him? Man, I was just trying to be his friend. Right. You know, but, uh, yeah, he was down in the dumps a lot. And I just think that... Uh, I don't know. He didn't see any way out, you know, and he had so much promise, so much potential, such a great dude. And, uh, you know, we see that time and time again, that there's, there's a solution, you know, and that, that was for me as CrossFit was a solution. Cause I, uh, after my injuries, I didn't, I really thought the war in Afghanistan would stop because I wasn't there. I'd been there so often as such a part of my life. And I woke up, you know, in Launchville, Germany in a hospital and in the army hospital. And I was like, man, the war's got to stop. I'm not there. You know what I mean? And then, you know, I realized that the war was still going on without me, and I felt lost. And uh, I didn't know what to do with myself, you know, and, and that pales in comparison to some of the other people's injuries that have been sustained in combat or to his, you know. So I can understand that struggle he had. Thank goodness I had CrossFit to turn to because that's the only thing that kept me from, from going crazy or, or taking my own life was that outlet that I had 
the I went somewhere I knew no one. I had nothing again, but I had this already CrossFit family that I could link into, you know, and, and everyone made me feel like I'd been there forever, you know, and I was like, okay, there is some real power to this stuff. I wonder if there's, wow, I, I, I know the community's strong. I know there's parallels to like the Hells Angels or to the Christian church or to whatever church, but man, I don't know if you could, I mean, I don't. I don't know if you can just go to any if you're a Hell's Angel in 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 Santa Cruz, California, if when you're in, you know, Nuremberg, Germany, if you can yeah. just go to their local chapter and get a hug. <laughs> I think so. You know what yeah, I, mean? I think that I think I that's mean, the whole point of wearing your colors, right? Just so that you have that that network, that support, that I sure sense as, of I belonging. Sure, I sure as hell know that um it, in a church you would need to pave a, a little bit of a way first or else people would think you're a weirdo yeah. but definitely at CrossFit gym you could go in the first day if you're a CrossFitter and get a hug yeah absolutely you know? yeah, no doubt oh, you know absolutely yeah and uh, and I look at the doors it's open look how travel for me personally has changed I don't even care anymore where the tourist parts are I go to the CrossFit gym I meet some people and then they tell me where to go you're not a Hells Angel are you uh no okay uh, we'll if keep you... that off the record yeah <laughs> I see the red and black exactly yeah yeah you do you go up to the house after you see the the the, the sheriff's car there? Uh, no, we weren't allowed to go anyways. Um, you know they had kept the, the area corned off, and uh, I didn't need to go. I, I knew, you know, and, and I knew that um, I needed to go. I needed to get the hell out of here. You Did know? you have siblings? Uh, at that time, I had a stepsister. Yeah, um, my your, dad. Your had, dad had remarried. Yeah, yeah, he had remarried at the time, but I was, I was well on my way. I guess, yeah, it had a lot of impacts on me that I didn't recognize, and I'm only starting to really recognize and explore. I just put all that stuff in the corner. You Can't know? you just throw a can of gas on it and burn that shit? I wish. <laughs> I wish. Yeah. Can't you just keep pushing it down until yeah. it turns into a diamond? Yeah. I, I don't think so. No, it I, I work thought. That way. I thought so. I thought so, and then the diamond kind of. Uh, Exploded, I guess you'd say. Yeah. So, so, um, so your dad found found a new wife. Yeah. She already had a child. Yep. She, so you have a sister, and um, how long after you, your friend, what's his name? Jeff. His name was Jeff. Oh my God, my best friend's name is Jeff yeah. from the second grade. Yeah. What a trip. What's his last name? Walker. Oh, mine is Holman. Yeah, Jeffrey Edward Walker. Wow. Yeah. I got, into, I got into a car accident when I was, uh, a bicycle accident when I was seven and I almost died. And I spent a couple weeks in the hospital, um, bad head trauma, and they had to shave my head. And so when I went back to school in the second grade, um, my buddy Jeff was there waiting for me. And any kid who, and I wore a hat because I was so right. embarrassed and I had staples in my head and I was fucked up looking. And uh, and he would, he would, he protected protect me, me, yeah, for like That's six awesome. months, and that was like really solidified mm-hmm. our yeah, our friendship. Huge. Yeah, it was fucking huge. Yeah. Are you still friends with him? Oh, super duper yeah. good. Yeah, Holy super man. duper. That, That's amazing yeah, too. Man. Love, people don't stay in. Yeah, I love man. him. People don't yeah. stay in contact that long. So, so serious head trauma, <clears throat> second grade. Yeah, that explains a lot now, doesn't it? Okay, <laughs> <Yeah. Tracking. laughs> definitely took my <laughs> took my line. <laughs> me and Teasdale. Me and Teasdale. <laughs> so, um. How long before you um, before you actually go to the, you go to a recruiting office? Yeah, you're on every corner in Indiana, right? Pretty much, yeah. Because <laughs> don't you kind of picture that? Yeah, Just unemployment is that? Yeah, yeah. Well, remember, there's no Starbucks at that time pardon either. Me, I don't think. Me. Or internet? Huh? Did we even have internet then? I don't think so. Not really. No, I Al Gore had it all to himself. <laughs> there you go, exactly. 
<laughs> and there was no global warming at that time neither. That's a no. good point. Yeah. You know, that just happened recently. We uh yeah, I, I think literally the next day I just walked in and was like, Hey man. Did you tell your dad? I didn't tell anybody. Your grandparents. No, I didn't tell anybody. I came home and was like, I'm going to the military. And they were like, and I was the first generation to do military stuff. No experience, no nothing. And they were like, uh. How did you choose the, you went to the Marines? No, I went to the Army. Army. How did you choose the Army? I don't know. Uh, I had learned to be a carpenter, so I'd done that work as a. Oh, you have a carpenter's body. Totally. Holy yeah. shit. Meaning I'm jacked and tan. Just lean and mean. Yeah, lean and mean. Yeah. And the, I don't know. I've, yeah. seen, I've seen some carpenters that aren't very lean and mean. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you have, and you have the Rich Froning Senior beard, yeah. or he has your beard. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the... Uh, we got the same haircut, that's too. That's the total carpenter. <laughs> I see it. Did you, when you went to the recruiter's office, was there anyone trying to, like... See that you were going through something in your life. No, no, the dude was like, "Oh yeah, oh this is fucking easy, man." He's like, "Sign here." And I was like, "All right." That's a fucking great question, Matt. You mean like, did the recruiter say, "Hey, yeah"? He's like, "Hey, are you emotionally okay? Do your parents know about this?" This dude was like, "Are you serious? This never happens." Easiest sell I've ever had. Yeah, he was like, "Hey, man, let's go to lunch." I was like, "Okay, cool." Hey, I was reading the local paper. I know uh, a young man just um, passed away. Is that influencing your? No, <laughs> no not at all. It's like awesome. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's fucking. I would. I would imagine. You I mean, signed the paperwork right there. You walked yeah, in and signed yeah. it. I was. I was. I was bound and determined. I was going to get out of there. I was going to run away from that problem. You know, I, I was not. I wasn't emotionally or mature enough to deal with it. Well, part of me wants to say the army is better than you know. You didn't. You, you didn't get into drugs. You didn't. You know, go get yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, it could have went a totally different although, path. Yeah. yeah, although you did go to Germany and knock someone out. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but it happens to a lot of guys. Like, yeah, it's probably not probably not the best <laughs> representation of the United States of America. Or <laughs> men, men are capable of anything. Yeah, yeah. Tale exactly. as old as time. Yeah. So, um, and you live with your kids now. Uh, yeah, so I retired from active duty in 2016 after 20 years of service. And, uh, Congratulations wow. and thank yeah. you. Yeah, thank that's you. Awesome. Yeah. That's badass. And out of nowhere, uh, I have two sons. One of them was like, I, I don't want to live with mom anymore. Oh, you have two sons? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet. So Danny and Justin. And uh, I was like, okay. Uh, they speak German. Yeah, and English. Yeah, so, uh, and French. So we live near the French border. So that's impressive. Yeah, they're 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 pretty cool kids. And uh, isn't that where France keeps all its nuclear reactors on the border with Germany? Basically, yeah. They do, right? I mean, at one time that was reported. I guess now they've shut them down. So oh, okay. I, I, don't, I always thought that was a pretty s- to, slow <laughs> move yeah. on France. You know, it's been kind of a disruptive area or disputed area for a long time. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it has. I mean, we. I mean, that's why our culture is a little bit split. It's, uh, you know, we have a little bit of the wine and French influence, Napoleon kind of ruled our area, then the Siegfried Line, all this stuff happened during the World War. So it's it's an inter- interesting place to live, to say the least. Culturally. It's like, I guess maybe it's like the South and the North, right? There's a little bit of like... Uh, Germany is very, uh, for a small country, I was telling Coach this last night, we, we have, you know, I think it's... Coach Glassman. Yeah, a total of eight different... Bundeslander, or as you would say, parishes maybe, and each one it has is so di- distinct and so different from the other. And and I spent a lot of time in southern Germany, which we would equate to to probably Texas and their mindset and mm. and their dialect. And then we go way up north; they they speak proper, and it's just crazy how small the country is and how diverse the cultures are and the dialects. And it's a great place to live. But as an American try to speak that language, it makes my life freaking pretty hard sometimes. <laughs> it is a great place to live. Right? It, yeah, it's a 
amazing. Um, I, I spent a little bit of time there. It's clean. Yeah, it is. I noticed that coming down here. I was like, very oh, clean. I remember when I was traveling through Europe, I went through uh, like France, down Italy, and I ended up in Germany, Berlin. Yeah. And the one thing that really like amazed me was the doors closed properly. The lights turned off. Right. Like, like things like engineering just worked. It's I mean, right, where engineering, been man. Like shit was so hack and didn't work at all. Yeah. I was like, yeah. no, this is nice. The yeah. train runs on time. Sometimes. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Um, German efficiency, right? It's, it's like uh, um, Eric was just in Japan, and it's like Japan, too. It's like um, you think subways have to make a shitload of noise, and you have to plug your ears, and you go to Japan. Quiet. Yeah, yeah. They're quiet. Yeah, like, yeah, right. What the hell's yeah. going on? I thought they had to be noisy. Yeah, right. Or be late. Or, yeah. or smell bad. Or so. like, the, or people had to like lean on you and shit that people couldn't like <laughs> stand. No proper. contact. Yeah. Um. So 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 you literally you sign you go in and you sign the paperwork. Yep. And I was uh, then because of the situation surrounding his him getting burned, I was subpoenaed then to to go to court. So I literally, I think the day like or, you were going to be charged for it. No, to witness uh, to to what had happened. There were some prosecution or criminal charges being brought against the individual that, that had done it, or so on and so forth. They were trying to understand. Oh, was it malicious? What happened to him? That, that's what they were trying to figure out. It wasn't really clear. Um, but so, you, but you were there. Yeah, I was there. I wasn't really paying attention i just know out of the corner of my eye saw this bright flash and i knew you know and just instinct took over and you know somebody's on fire stop drop and roll i think is what we were taught so you, you just know? tackled him yeah basically and we, you know we just rolled him around the grass till he was he was you know put out or extinguished so uh so i was getting ready to leave and you know i got this letter from the county saying hey you got to be at court and i went to the recruiter and i'm like i don't know if this is important he's like Oh fuck! He's like, this was so easy with this guy. Now this, <laughs> he's like, yeah, man, we can't send you because they could pull you back um, because of you know you may be and have to appear at court. So I was like, all right. So he's like, thirty days later, we'll let you go. This should be passed. Never had to go to court, nothing. But the funny thing is, is I was going to go in the army to be a carpenter, and because I had missed that report date, the recruiter was like, dude. You know, the carpenter gig thing is up, man. I can't get that for you. He's like, but I got something even cooler for you. Door number two. Yeah, yeah. He was like, hey, man, not only can you build stuff, but you can blow stuff up as well. And in the military, you know, the, the lower the number means kind of the harder the job or maybe not as educated. Infantry starts at 11. Well, my job series then started with a 12. Where Carpenter was somewhere around 50, 60. I didn't know these kind of things uh, when I said, okay, that sounds great, you De know? Details. Yeah, details. Mm -hmm. So he's like, hey, man, you, you know, you were going to be a carpenter, now you're going to be a combat engineer. Doesn't that sound cool? <laughs> I've always wanted to be an yeah, engineer. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, man, great. Little did I know, you know? So uh, they threw me on a bus and sent me to Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri. And, uh, man, it was every bit of what you see in Full Metal Jacket. Good thing was is I showed up with nothing. The recruiter came, and he was like, uh, he picked me up at my grandparents' house, and he's like, are you ready to go? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, where's your stuff? And I'm like, what stuff? I wanted the Army. The Army gives me stuff. <laughs> he's like, you're going to do great. <laughs> he's like, we got to go buy you a toothbrush, man, at least. I was like, okay, great. So, uh, so yeah, I showed up in Fort Leonard Wood in, in October of 1996. With the toothbrush in your back pocket? Pretty much. That's it. The drill sergeants were like, you know, where is your stuff? I'm like, here. Like, you're a freaking idiot, but you're going to do well. So, <laughs> so it, how, how far how far is the drive from your house to the um, to where? The uh, we went to Indianapolis and they at the MEP station, so the initial processing center, 45 minutes, you know. And I had no idea what to expect, man. I had a misfit haircut. I had a shaved head with 
bangs down to my, and you know mm. I, that was, it was going to be a good time for sure. Showed up in a Grateful Dead T-shirt, you know. It's oh, just, sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they were like, man, you are you are going to have a good time. And the uh, instructors were so, just chomping at the bit. Yeah, exactly. So, so what's your first night like there? Uh, they kept us uh, in this this hotel lodging area, and then they put us they sent us to where we were all going. So you, Wait, did you make friends quickly? Uh, man, I think everybody was so freaking nervous that you really didn't talk to anybody. It was just a lot of mulling around, you know, and and trying, and then. Everyone went different directions from Indianapolis, and uh, I remember showing up in St. Louis, and you know they they crowded all of us off to the side, and then was the first introduction to a drill sergeant. I was like, man, I think I uh, I think I messed up. Oh, really? Right away? You <laughs> I like, was oh, like, what? Why is this dude so angry, man? Like, why <laughs> we haven't even we haven't even met yet? And he's already <laughs> so they got us on the bus, and it was like a two-hour ride from St. Louis to the middle of they call it Fort Lost in the Woods, and the dude's just yelling the whole time. We're not allowed to talk, whatever. And then uh, they put us in a reception area, and then all hell broke loose for probably the next two or three days. You know, they're just—it's just a assembly line. You're getting shots, dental, shaving your head, you know, and then they take you to be received by your real uh, or your your drill instructors that are going to lead you for our. We had one unit station training where you stay somewhere for six months, and uh, yeah, man, <laughs> it it was. Uh, and what year is this? Ninety-six. And were there what were were there any conflicts going on at the time? No, uh, we were starting to see Bosnia was gonna was gonna flare up, uh, but at that time we were in the Clinton era, uh, right? Nice six. Yeah, so so funding was not so great at the time, you know. But uh, I, we didn't know any different, man. You know, as a private, it's like I'm getting fed. I got somewhere to sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, this dude jails a lot, but I can deal with that. You know, whatever. <laughs> and your train and your training. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's You're just running. nonstop every day. You know what I mean? And and at that time I was. I had played basketball, and I was, I'm was i the same height I was when I think I was 10 years old. So everyone was like, you know, Indiana, the next Larry Bird, this kid's going to do great. <laughs> and then I stopped freaking growing. You know what I mean? And, like, everyone surpassed me. And then I, you know, got interested in girls, alcohol, and cigarettes. And then I got banned from playing basketball. And... Did, did you smoke cigarettes when you went in? Oh, uh, yeah. How, yeah. And was that hard quitting? Uh, you didn't? Well. I mean, you had to quit for a few days, quit. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You had yeah. to quit, you know? And, uh. Yeah, I was getting my butt handed to me, and uh, that was, I think. What did you smoke? What kind of cigarette? What brand? Marble Lights. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was. I mean, the I white remember, and gold. The white and gold. Exactly, box. and yeah. it was a dollar pack. You know. Ooh. You remember those days? Yeah. Or GPC generic price cigarettes for fifty cents, and everyone did it where I was it's from. It's still a know? dollar a pack, except there's nine dollars of tax. Exactly. On that. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> the government is now in bed with the tobacco companies. Yeah. Making nine dollars a box. I guess you know guilty pleasures. Who's more interested in you smoking? If it's nine dollars a box, the that's government. Nice. If they, if the government makes nine dollars a box and Philip Morris makes thirty-two cents a box, who's more interested in you smoking? Absolutely. I don't know if that's true, but I think it is something like that. So it's an evil circle, right? Yeah. Because then it leads to health care costs and all this other stuff that. Got to yeah. feed the machine. Right? Exactly. So, yeah. so, so right. you don't even you don't even show up with a pack of cigarettes. No, no. They told us we couldn't smoke. I think I I was trying, but mm-hmm. they was like, yeah, you know, you did, get did guys chew. Yeah, 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 yeah. They did an initial shakedown, you know, where, I mean, they you're damn strip search, you know, you got to empty all your pockets, and they take all the contraband away, chocolate, cigarettes, whatever. You couldn't have any luxuries, you know. So, uh, yeah, and that was like, and, and I remember during basic training, I was like, all right, I'm not going to, this sucks. I'm tired of getting in trouble all the time because I'm slow. I'm kind of chubby. I'm not fit, you know, and that was my first revelation or kind of, Basketball was easy for me, you know, and I didn't have to work hard for it. 
mm. you know, but, uh, I was like, okay, I got to work hard for this stuff. And I remember getting to my first unit and after basic training and this, this guy, you know, this old guy walks out smoking a cigarette. He calls the unit to attention. We salute the flag, you know, a cigarette still burning. He takes a puff and he's like, if you are this age, you're going with me. And this old man broke us off. <laughs> I mean, he ran us into the dirt, you know, me and I had a battle buddy that came with me from, from Fort Leonard Wood. And I was like, this will never happen again. I was like, this old dude will never, this will not happen again. And, uh, and that started me on the path towards fitness. And did you, did you, um, at this point, had you called your dad at all after being in a few months or a week or did you get home? Well, we didn't get or... a, we didn't, we only got to use the phone every once in a while and, uh, pay phone. Yeah. Yeah. And I typically, I, I had another best friend, uh, similar at the same time. So I guess I had two best friends or two, what I would call really close friends. And I spent my time with them or, you know, calling them and no, I didn't have much contact with, with my dad at that time. Do you have contact now with him? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I do. Yeah. So, um, d was patriotism growing inside of you during this? Um, you know, did you even think about it? No, being a patriot, or no. that you're serving the country, or no, no, no it was self-serving, and then that that changed a lot, especially after 9/11. But you know, I came from Middle America, John Mellon, you know, John is it John Cougar, Cougar Mellencamp, Mellencamp yeah. or just John Mellencamp? Yeah, you, you know, from oh, Indiana, yeah. you say whatever you want. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> I mean that that's that, that's red, white, and blue. It's Jack and Diane. I lived the American dream. I, right. you know, so I, I embodied those things, but I didn't know it till after I went and fought for my country, right? you know, or I saw people die for our country, or 9-11, or you know, then those things started to really resonate with Man, me. Man, you really were in a long time. So when 9-11 happened, you'd already been in for 14 years. Uh, no, four years. Yeah, so I have been to, everywhere America's wanted to have conflict, I've been. So Bosnia, Kosovo, uh, Iraq, and Afghanistan in the last 20 years. So, and, and that wow. just put me on a path that propelled me into all kinds of craziness and, and doing great things for our country and for our military. I, I was just lucky, and, and that's the whole thing. And I'm so lucky to, to be part of this community and, and, and to meet the people I meet every weekend and, and to interact with people and have the opportunities I've been given. You know, and they've all been afforded through, I, I don't know what, the, the grace of God. I mean, and that that's my honest opinion. You know, God has blessed me with these opportunities, and I'm just trying to take advantage of them, not for my own self, uh, you know, when did you come to that um, conclusion that God had blessed you with these opportunities? Uh, when I realized they had found a bullet that hit the back here that didn't come through uh, when we got attacked. And I was like... You took a bullet in the head that just didn't penetrate your skull? So we were in a pickup oh, truck. Shit. Yeah. So it didn't hit my helmet. It came through the headrest <clears throat> and stopped. Um, and that was a... I, I, I mean, it's middle America. You know what I mean? It's not the Bible Belt, but everybody's pre-religious where I come from or goes to church. And I had adhered to those things up to a certain point. Then I lost kind of touch with it. And then, uh, yeah, the, the guy that was sitting next to me was my medic. And uh, they inspected the vehicle afterwards. And I was like, dude, and I, we had a picture of the, the bullet. He pulled it out of the headrest. And that would have hit me right here. That would have been game over, you know. Uh, an enemy fire, not friendly fire? It, it was... It was a, uh, uh, I don't know. I guess at that point it doesn't it matter. It doesn't matter, yeah, at that point. It was it was just a barrage of bullets coming both ways. Uh, I'll show you guys the video clip when we get a chance of the attack. It's it's pretty impressive. It's on YouTube? Yeah, so the Taliban produced a, a propaganda video, and, and it's they did a great job. Uh, I'll give it to them. We, we just count these guys as living in freaking caves and being a bunch of goat herders, man. They're smart. They've watched. I mean, they held off the Russians. Right, right. You know what I mean? Good Something. point. Yeah. You know what I For mean? For years. Yeah, yeah. Years so they're, they're not, we, we discredit sometimes 
Uh, I think the Russians are really good at just getting people like scientists and shit sitting on park benches. That's their specialty. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, something about, well, we probably shouldn't get it that way. Anyway. No, <laughs> We're in the fitness business. Yeah, We're in the health business. Yeah. Back on track. Yeah, exactly. If that guy would have done CrossFit, Putin would have never got it. Exactly. <laughs> he could have survived. I told you, I've got a superior immune system because I do CrossFit. How many years are you in before you decide you're going to stay the whole 20? Um. Me and my ex-wife, Michelle, got married in 1999, mm-hmm. and then... Uh, Beautiful name, by the way. It is. It's, uh, it's, that's, a, that's a great name it for It is woman. a great name, yeah. Yeah, we won't discuss her middle name, but uh, right. <laughs> she's got a great middle name as well. <laughs> but, uh, um, and we had our first son in 2000, or our biolog- my biological son in 2001 in April, and then 9-11 kicked off. And prior to that, the military is very different, very different. And, was uh, it frowned upon that, you, that they sent you to Germany and you, and you boned some chick? No, no, it's cool. No, I mean, it, you know, okay. what are you supposed to do? Right. You know, right. I mean, to, I, to I had a, this time. I had a great experience in Germany, and guys, and that's why I've stayed. I've lived in Germany probably almost as long as I lived in America. I showed up during what's known as Carnival or Fasching. Uh, it was a four-day weekend. I arrived on Friday, and they're like, "Hey, man, we we've got the whole we've got a whole long weekend. You know, just chill out, enjoy yourself." I'm 19 years old at that time. I can't buy alcohol legally in America, but I can in Germany. Mm-hmm. So I just wander out. Find the first place that'll serve me beer, which is right, you know, on the corner of the base, and uh, and proceeded to have a pretty good time, you know. And, and three days later, uh, I get a knock on the door, and they're like, "Where have you been?" That's like a city called Cologne. <laughs> they're like, "That's 200 and some kilometers away. How did you get there?" I was like. It's a great question, but I had a good time. I'm like, well, you are going to do well here, my friend. You are, you are not going to have any problems here. And uh, and you didn't speak German at the time. No, no. But you know, everyone over there is is pretty well uh, versed in English. Or you, and you speak it now. Yes. Yeah. And uh, it's just, it's an ongoing process. And uh, yeah, this the southern accent I have doesn't doesn't always help. But uh, yeah, it's it's a good language and it, it's fun and it's a challenge. So you get her pregnant and then get married. No, we got married first. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, so married in 99. Justin came in 2001. I was in... Did she speak English? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Way better it. than I speak German at the time. Okay. Yeah. Except she ex- pronounces Walmart like I pronounce Walmart. I don't know how that happened. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. She, they don't yeah. have Walmart there, do they? We did for a short time. It just okay. didn't, didn't last. Stick? Okay. Yeah, yeah. It just didn't stick. So. I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't get the pronunciation of it. What's odd about how you say Walmart? Have you heard how I say Walmart? You just you said it a couple times now. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, well, it's weird to hear a German say it like I say it because, you know, normally... Say it again? It ha- it hides her accent. Yeah, yeah. So Walmart. Some, some words just hide her accent. Don't come out. Yeah. If we had two more, if we had a beer or two, you'd probably hear it a little yeah. bit more significantly. Anyways, it Matt, sounds. Matt starts lisping after a beer. Yeah. That was a good. That was yeah, impressive. That was. Wow. Now <laughs> I now I know why Bailey married you. Better a few times. <laughs> Moving on. <Yeah. laughs> um. So so, you have a baby. Um. And and, she, and and two babies even. Yeah, well, we had a, Danny at that time was uh, six years old. So Danny was born in '95. Yeah. So my stepson, he's not my biological son. And then uh, I was in the middle of a training exercise in Missouri, um, doing some some combat engineer stuff when 9/11 took place. And uh, did you bring her back with you when you came back? No, we we go on temporary duty assignments, so she would stay home. Plus, she just had the. the Justin was really small at that time. So could I, you tell the army, "Hey, 
I really want like I need Germany to be my new home. I got someone pregnant here. No. And got uh, married. No, they didn't, didn't really, but at that time it wasn't a big issue. You know, they okay. were happy that people would stay abroad, and I continued to progress and do new things, and the army was cool with that. So. Okay. And by that time, I had established myself. I had won. I was a, nominated the best non-commissioned officer of Europe, and had co- competed at the top levels of army department of the army i was the second best non-commissioned officer in the united competing states competing in what um it's a soldier competition to see who's the best well-rounded uh, at that time i was a non-commissioned officer so we had this competition where i went through a series of competitions and boards and um was nominated each time to eventually i got to the department of the army level like running shooting All cleaning the gun anything written yeah, uh, yeah absolutely we had written. to do a written test and then we had this uh how pr- cool it was great. It was a great experience, and it propelled me into things that uh, I would never, you know, had the opportunity to, to do. And outside of basketball, this may have been, like, the first thing where you were starting to get some, like, self-esteem and new identity, right? Yeah, totally. So at my first duty assignment, you know, like I said, I'm going to beat this old man, and we did. We end up just, you know, and he was so proud, and he was so happy, and I got you know, introduced to a little bit of weightlifting and stuff like that, and, and you know, we have an Army physical fitness test that goes up to a score of 300, and, you know, at that after some time, we were starting to consistently score 300, and we are like, 300 ain't enough. We want to go further. So we were starting to push the, the envelope or, or trying to push the edge of, of fitness and what we could do while still being able to drink, you know, 12 bush lights and, and function. <laughs> so uh, it, it was a good mix, you know, um, and, and we had a lot of fun with it, and it was that camaraderie. It was going out there and making sure, hey, this old man doesn't beat us on the run. We're going to push one another. When we go to this, this physical fitness test, we're going to do the best we can because you get a day off or you get special recognition and uh it was a it was fun you know and we had a lot of fun with it and that's where i started to see okay this this stuff could be really good for me and i feel a lot better when i do it you know and you know party hard train harder was our motto you know and, and, wait, and was this in was this in basic training or this was after you were a ranger right uh I went through ranger school training. Oh. So um, as a as a combat engineer, there's a few slots that are uh, allotted. So I was not in a ranger regiment. So mm-hmm. I was tabbed is what it's called. So um, we as engineers have a school as well. And then you have an airborne tab. To dist- and it just oh, okay. So people yeah, see that you've airborne. attained certain skills. So What's a tab? That's the... Th- it goes on your shoulder. Okay. So, yeah. And the, you'll see it. The rangers have it on there. Or the airborne units have it mm-hmm. on theirs. Or the combat engineers have a sapper tab. And... Uh, I got greedy, man. I just wanted all the tabs and all the badges. I wanted to jump out of planes and rappel out of helicopters and shoot things and blow things up. And, and you did all that. Yeah. Yeah, I did. And, and that's – I still don't think people at home can they, – they they can't associate the two because, uh, you know, I was growing up, I, my the name was – The two of what? Associ- oh, you with that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when I grew up, uh, you know, my nickname was Andy. That's what my real mother called me. And, and there's these two distinct personas. And my ex-wife even said it. When I had the uniform on – She's like you're you're a you know you're you're kind of a prick, you know, <laughs> but in a good way. And she's like, when you take that uniform off, you're different, you know. And and that's the same thing when I put that red shirt on. You know, I'm not trying to be a prick when I go out there, but I have a different persona. I have so much pride wearing that red shirt as I did where I wore all my accomplishments on my uniform, you know. And I try to embody the spirit of that time being a, a United States Army paratrooper to now being a a CrossFit Level One trainer. And can uh, we see a picture of him with his red shirt on? How long have you got any? How long have you had the beard? Uh, since I retired, 2016. So, yeah, that's a military tradition that, uh... You iron your shirt. Yeah, man. Does anyone else iron their shirt? They should. (laughs) 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 You know, back in the, in the early 90s, you know, you had to iron stuff. You had to starch everything, you know. I used to iron as a kid. I've ironed maybe five times in my life. Really? Yeah. And then my, you know... 
Um, we don't use the dryer, so I have to iron me and the kids' kids' clothes. So I would iron my clothes, and then you'd fill up that thing with water, so you could. There you go. You need that steam. Yeah, you need that steam exactly. Oh, I love this for me. It's like sending a fax. I just I'm all, I'm all thumbs. You know? Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's so, it a certain image. You so know? you're so so you're you're cruising along, you're getting your tabs, you're building the skill set, you're winning awards, you're you've you've gone from this kid. Do you still have the Grateful Dead shirt that you? I I man, I just saw a killer one in Colorado two weeks ago. But you don't like, have the one that you. No, uh, I don't have the one anymore. You know, I wish I one. did the so, one. So you go in wearing a Grateful Dead shirt, and you um, ten years in, you're. You've been completely transformed. Absolutely. Uh, with 10 years, I was selected for promotion to uh, E8, which was unheard of, especially in our career. It was really fast-tracking, and it's nothing to do with what I I had done. It was the people that I had been surrounded with. I had great leaders. I had people that pushed me. Wait, where are you in that picture? This is in. Yeah. A, this is me here, and this was my last duty assignment. Um, after I was wounded in Afghanistan, um, they had decided I uh, could know... I shouldn't be jumping out of airplanes, and uh, they gave me this assignment at NATO where I instructed military engineering. Are those guys non-Americans? Yeah, so our whole staff, it was a, a NATO uh, staff. So we had two German soldiers, uh, Greek, Polish, and then from the Netherlands, um, and that was our staff. Did that guy smoke a lot of weed Dude. from the Netherlands? Is, is this guy from the Netherlands? Yeah, yeah. Sweet camo. <laughs> yeah, amen. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Arno Voss is that, and that great guy. So we were the – there's two – Three enlisted and then three officers made up to the staff. And um, it was a great opportunity to give my experience back. I have 84, 85 months total time deployed, so that's holy shit, eight, almost eight years. So as a combat engineer downrange doing roadside you know, bomb clearance and that type of stuff. And uh, it was a great opportunity to give back to the younger engineers. And it you're was lucky you're alive. Very lucky. And I take that for granted some days. Um, you know, and I'm very lucky. There's a lot of stuff that happened that, you know, when you're not in this community or weren't in that community, it happens to all of us. So you don't appreciate it mm. until you get out and then you realize that, man, you know, there was a lot of times, especially what we were doing in 2004 and 2005 when we went to Iraq. You know, I was doing manual approaches to roadside bombs, which, <laughs> you know, is not the smartest thing As to opposed do. to what else is there besides manual approaches? Robot approaches? Robot, yeah. yeah. Oh, shit. So, but we didn't have that technology at the time. And, and, you know, the enemy was advancing their technologies way faster, and we needed to advance, and we needed to keep routes safe for people. And, and you know, I, I embraced that, you know, and I think that's the only thing that that really helped. Uh, it doesn't help, but it was a great way because in this community you can give so much back to people. You can share with people so much, and you can impact. And the impact that I had clearing a roadside bomb allowed people to get food and supplies or somewhere, and, and the opportunity now to teach people about constantly very functional movements for high intensity allows them to change their life. That's CrossFit. It affords them the opportunity. That is, you know. When did you get your first tattoo? <sighs> uh, when I was 17, <laughs> this was my first one. So prior to going in. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, uh, yeah, I told you, man. I was, uh, I pierced my own. So I. <laughs> pierced your what? Pierced my own nose. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, exactly. Okay, okay, so I grew okay. up in the middle of a, you know, a small. Did you ever pierce your genitalia? No, I did not. No, I Good thought that man. was. It's just too far. Okay, you know? I agree. But but look, you know, growing up in the middle of these the small farming community, I remember showing up to, to high school one day with my nears my nose pierced and I had braids and uh, I clearly didn't fit in, you know. And I was like, <laughs> and I just I just knew. I guess at that point I was like, I, I it just I, 
I'm not going to stay here. You know, yeah. I didn't know it, uh, that, what that meant, but I just, you know, I guess I knew I was on another path and I was trying to express myself. And now that, that expression has came in the form of CrossFit and community building and, and trying to impact people's lives. And my expression is it, it, I express myself by pushing myself hard in the workout and encouraging others to do so. What's the name of your gym? CrossFit KH. KH. So that's the city code. Um, in Germany, if you look at someone's license plate, it'll have letters. Yeah, and this KH represents then Bad Kreuznach. Oh, yeah. Bad Kreuznach. Yeah, exactly. A little bit. And you got it correct. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And uh, if you see in Berlin, they'll oh, have it's the a real B. gym. Yeah, we're legit, yeah. man. Yeah, we just celebrated a one-year anniversary. We trained outside for about a year. Congratulations. Um, are those people on their knees, are they going to get a bullet in the head? No. <laughs> no, that was a... We, it's too much military Yeah, it's talk, too right? much, yeah. yeah. That went too far, especially. Okay, so, 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 the, the career was long, and there's a lot, of, a lot of stuff, but let's just get down to this missing finger thing. Yeah. Your finger's gone forever. Yeah, it is gone. I can't get it. I asked for it. You know, I thought I would Did make you? a good coke rack or something you oh know? that would be amazing yeah. yeah they didn't find that funny so uh, <laughs> apparently they just they threw it in an incinerator i was like it's my finger it is your fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. Give can, it to can you. i it's have yours. it yeah so for um i can't remember if it was it was my wife or someone i knew i think it was my wife had a, a, a screw somewhere like in her knee or something uh-huh. and uh and i remember seeing the bill that that screw was like seven thousand dollars yeah and I told her, I said, hey, when they take that fucking screw out, I want get that. the fucking yeah, screw. I want that thing. And I, I think for some reason they told her they couldn't yeah, give it to for her. Whatever medical yeah. regulation or Oh, I law. paid seven. I don't even believe it was in there now. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> I need proof. I need proof. Oh, that's I need good. It. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so how, tell me the story about the finger. Is, is there video of this? This Is this the... Yeah, if the, you go to... We can probably pull it up. If you go to Fob Salerno... If you punch in YouTube, Fob Salerno. This is going to test your your, yeah, your yeah. abilities here, Eric. Yeah. Let's just start playing the Rocky theme song. <laughs> <laughs> Two words, F-O-B-E. Yeah. Salerno. Fob Salerno. Yeah. S-A-L-N-E-R-O. Yep. Yeah. It was an Italian-based camp initially, and then Americans took it over. Pretty massive uh, base camp. And uh, there it is right there. Number so one. So that's one of them. Um, this is a pretty good one. So... This right here, I think, is the one that we reference pretty often. Two minutes and 14 yeah, seconds. Yeah, that one's pretty good. And that's their, uh, that's, I think, is the one that, yeah, they're planning the attack. So this is kind of like a propaganda video from them. And it, it's pretty it's impressive. It's an outstanding thumbnail. They publish on um, YouTube? I mean, why not? You know, yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, it's with the detailed account of the attack on a USA base. This guy's good, man. Watch him. June. Later, he'll fire two, two machine guns. This video was shot by Taliban fighters weeks before the strike. These men wearing what looks like U.S. combat fatigue are seen training in the mountains of southeastern Afghanistan. This is the group called the Fidayeen, or those who sacrifice, sitting under the banner of the Islamic Emirate of Afghanistan. Their mission is to strike U.S.-based Salerno in Khost province. This is the I mean, you got to respect that, Holy right? Holy I mean, shit. Not everyone can do that. Is that know? real? Yeah. Apparently, you know. <laughs> While the younger members of the group have their last photo opportunities, seen here posing for the camera. Before they die? Their yeah. plan for attack is I mean, check this out, you know, and he's using an RPG as a pointer. Hall. I mean, uh, <laughs> it's a good thing he didn't drop that. With that points. Yeah, yeah. Satellite Holy shit. I mean, look at this. Uh, you know, it's... None of these men seen in the video expect to survive the attack. 
Their whole life fire training sessions with explosives. He's got wow. a bit of a lisp too, you hear it. Yeah. <laughs> propelled grenades and light machine guns. Then they pack 10,000... This guy's pretty high. Um, <laughs> if you check that him out. That guy was high. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. The Americans will not be able to succeed and ask others to join the jihad against Oh, so that's a, just a moving leader. bomb. He's going to drive that. He's going to... So you're going to see here, video, he's going to hit the perimeter. The then driving into the American base. Moments later, a cloud of dust and smoke rips through the air. Holy shit. Man, I still get cold chills. I, it still makes me. takes around the base. The blast is caught by three different cameras from three different locations. After the bomb goes off, the rest of the attackers so you see they come in behind us and casually walk into the base and start firing that was the dining facility so they hit at lunchtime their intent was to try to hit that dining facility how many americans died now uh look we only lost one are you kidding me yeah and but then they attacked the base yeah they they came on base and if you go to those other videos you can see down and, here and you were on that base when that happened yeah so we were about 750 meters away right here we came up this road um <laughs> i know man that's what I, that blast was crazy yeah, yeah it, it, I, I rocked i mean it just rocked everything and i was like okay this is serious you know what i mean you were you were only 750 meters yeah i mean that? the base is not that big the good thing is is he didn't get the target that he needed to so uh their intent was to come across this was the landing strip you see it detonated there so he hit these, the what are called Hesco baskins, and here are the foreign fighters. They're coming what's a, in. What's a Hesco baskin? Like something that sits in the road? That... It's full of sand and dirt. Okay. Yeah, and uh, these guys had our uniform on, and that's what freaking made things chaos. Weird. Yeah, and that's uh... what incited total panic. Oh, this is after the blast. Yeah, so they're okay. coming in trying now to progress forward. Um, How many Americans are in there? We, it was. It's a pretty big post. So those guys knew they were going to die. Yeah, th it was a suicide mission. Okay. And uh, and they all did die. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I would be running. We cut. Well, they they're not sure what's really going on, and no one does, you know. And they're trying because back in here are some some pretty high profit or high value targets that they're they're trying to get to, but they just want to create chaos. This is I think this has happened more than once to Fob Salerno. Um, so they had done their homework, and they, I think they had a specific target in mind. How, how does the van get, get to, like, this point? Well, the perimeter there had, you know, we, this was encompassed by Afghan, you know, houses and whatnot there, and there was a road that ran parallel. So he just ran through the fence, and this was a big open area. That's that a pretty good um, perimeter, too. That across. looks like a good perimeter. It's massive. Um, but he had came through. And you see they're starting to come around now. Who's that guy on the ground there? See the guy on the ground? Is that one of their guys dead already? Uh, I don't know. That in see right here. Oh, yeah, they just start yeah, opening yeah. up. Yeah, exactly. So everybody starts to focus their efforts, you know, because they know it's eventually. And where are you? We were over here, and at this time, we're picking up casualties then. Um, me and my medic, Doc. Doc. We're grabbing dudes who are yeah. hurt. Yeah, yeah. Um, Doc Alvarez. Yeah, and we're just throwing. I had a, one of these white Toyota pickup trucks, and uh, we're just throwing people in them because the, the defect had collapsed a little bit, and people were pretty shooken up. So we're just what's, taking. What's the defect? The dining facility. Oh, okay. And again, that was their intent was to. Uh, Who's that? Is that them? That's or an us? MRAP, yeah. That's them? Yeah, that's us. Oh, okay. So, yeah, they're driving by. Um, oh, and they. Oh, see, look oh. at that. There's two foreign fighters, you know. And because they're in. Yeah, it was totally okay. confusing. I mean, they didn't shave their beards. Um, 
But uh, yeah, they were wearing the same uniform as we, and they had our, our weapons at that time. So it was it was pretty confusing for everyone at the moment. How long does this last? Uh, this doesn't last much longer. It this is you'll see a, a white pickup truck come down through here, and we smoke a, a guy wearing a suicide vest, and that's that's pretty cool. But uh, yeah, uh, th I think this goes on for nine nine minutes. This clip. So, but you see. And then is the is and everyone's day is ruined. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it was a it was a pretty significant blast that that you know shook up the infrastructure. And how do you and aren't you paranoid the whole time that you didn't get everyone? There's a guy hiding somewhere who's gonna like. Well, you know we have SOPs for this how to sweep the base. You know we, this had been practiced and rehearsed in the event that this does happen. So you know those things took place. But the biggest thing is to you know secure casualties and secure that perimeter and make sure a follow-on attack doesn't happen and and you know to get everyone. To get everything back in order, I mean, look at the damage it created just from the reverb of uh, the shock wave. It blew doors down and, and everything else. So it was a uh, that was a heck of a blast, you know. Yeah, and who's filming this now? This is from a security camera. So the the base had security cameras all around it. So and so someone's manning this. Yeah, with they, a joystick they can remote control it. And yeah. he's feeding intel now to your guys. Yeah, yeah. So they have a command center. Who, who kicks in as soon as something like this happens. And uh, then they're trying to disseminate information. Everybody has assigned and specific roles they're supposed to be doing during this. You know, and as a senior non-commissioned officer, our roles normally in situations like this is, is casualty collection. You know, we're not so much in the fight as we're trying to, uh, you know, make sure that people are safe and, and account for our people and try to kind of tamper the chaos that's going on. Was, was the American killed from the blast or during the gunfight afterwards? Uh, during the gun, uh, the gunfight afterwards is my understanding. Wow, so. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah, yeah. So. That sucks. Well, the, yeah. the blast was far enough away that really the shockwave did the majority of the damage. Uh, so when okay. you think about explosions, sometimes it's not the being as close as possible to the blast may sometimes be more beneficial than being far away from it. See, this dude just laid down next to him. Oh. Yeah. It's... And then he got smoked. And then he so, got shot. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that was a guy strapped with. It, that was one of. So that was one of their fighters. This guy right here, and there's another guy over by this mill. Why did he lay down? Was he surrendering? I think what what his intent was was to be then uh, picked up as a casualty and oh. then detonate himself. Oh. So they have a lot of kind of uh, these these tactics, you know, where they try to draw first responders in and then they'll detonate themselves. So they try to get a crowd. More bang for their buck, especially. Right. Like I said, you know, we discounted these guys' intelligence and their planning and preparation. But, you know, they, they do this. They, they've done it for years. I mean, <laughs> it's not like they just woke up and started this assault on American or foreign fighters. You know, they they had done this for some time. So, and they had a, had a plan, you know. And, again, they knew they wouldn't survive. So. And are you, doing, are you doing CrossFit at this point? Yes. So we had a small little gym set up. Um, and uh, there you go. Holy shit. Yeah. Where did that come from? That's the dude that self self imploded. Oh. So he got shot, and that's my pickup truck. So I was gonna ask. We should. Yeah. We rolled up, and he poked him his around the corner, and then I saw something. We stopped. He threw it in reverse, and then my doc, you know, went center mass on him, and then he detonated. And somewhere in between there is when the truck got hammered. And uh, what do you mean he went center mass? What's that mean? Just shot him center of the chest, you know, right? Oh. The, and and that's where his 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 vest was, and you see that then explode. Oh so, shit! So yeah, you're so driving that, that, and the guy in the car shot him. And yeah, yeah. So we that? did a drive by. You know, maybe the first one recorded in Afghanistan, <laughs> and it, you know it was great that we did because we saved you know 
the actions of my, my medic on that day, not only, you know, treating me and a whole bunch of other casualties, but taking that dude out saved, you know, a lot of people's lives because he didn't make it, you know, into That's the That's crazy perimeter. that there's video footage of yeah. that. Yeah, it's nuts. A lot of soldiers probably don't get that opportunity to go back and... Yeah, so the, the military is done for some guys that have really sustained some serious injuries. They do this, this program where they take them back to the site of the, 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 the injury or incident and let them kind of just fill it out and, and relive it. And sometimes that's the best thing we can do. Part of the healing process. Yeah, exactly. Huh. It's just kind of, <clears throat> you know, relive the situations and, you know, kind of work through that, that, that stuff. Uh, you know, on the site, just kind of release, have this big release, just get it all out of your system. And then, uh, yeah. So at this point they're all done. Yeah. That, that's pretty much it. Now it's just trying to, to secure the area. Yeah, exactly. Try to get everything back to normal. Which, what, what year is this? This was 2012. Okay. Yeah. And, and what year did you find CrossFit? No, it's 2010. Oh, 12, 2012. Uh, I found Afghanistan in 2010 in a small, uh, we we were on a base camp in Afghanistan, trying to uh, just stay fit, you know. And uh, and one guy, uh, Drake Slacky, their unit had had been doing it on a previous deployment, um, and it was starting to filter through. They had set up an affiliate on base where we were all stationed at back in Germany, mm-hmm. and uh, we d- we had a small base camp. We were in the middle of nowhere, and uh, in was, Afghanistan. Yeah, yeah. So we were just like, we got to do something. And, I just saw a shadow fly overhead. Is that helicopters now flying overhead? It could be, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so they did deploy. We had some attack helicopters. Yeah, There's another exactly. One. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, and it's you know, what do you what are like precautionary measures after this happens? You said like a follow up attack. It, it could happen. You know, that could be the first wave of it. it. It all depends on their their intent. You know, what? Yeah, they, they could have all kinds of. But I mean, yeah, so you see this guy, it's like, okay, <laughs> something ain't right here. <laughs> but, you know, they... Uh, but, I mean, does everyone, like, focus on this area? Or, yeah, like, well, everyone has a assigned perimeter then, so they initiate this a plan, and everyone goes to their designated area, because this may have been a distraction for another tech on the other side. Mm-hmm. You know, they might start lobbing in artillery. Um, so, so again, these are well-rehearsed. You know, we'd, we'd have drills all the time. What are we going to do in the incident of a mass casualty event if, or an indirect attack? If you're listening to this um, on the podcast through Apple, it's worth coming in go to watch, uh, go watch YouTube it. and watch yeah. this and watch this podcast yeah. via YouTube. That's pretty amazing. Uh, Matt, what are you doing? I've never seen you hug your microphone. Did you get I scared? Do this, or like... I do this like all the time. You do? Oh, I, I guess I just don't look at you. <laughs> oh, no, whenever okay. there's something on the TV, I try you to get, get out of the way. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. That's yeah. thoughtful of you. Okay. I thought maybe you were getting like emotional or something. I did get a little emotional <laughs> watching that. That was pretty heavy. So 2010, um, what is the first workout you do? That's a good question. I think it was back squats, and it was embarrassing. I think we just did something like a five, three by five. Did you five, squat below parallel? Uh, no, no, I did not. And uh, that was a, you know, that was a big point in my career in terms of fitness and military. I had scored really well on this fitness test the military had, and I went to this this go train with these guys and man i couldn't i couldn't back squat the bar what was your uh, like your th- three mile is that the standard we had two mile run two. and uh two minutes to do push-ups and sit-ups so i could run a 11 minute two mile and max out push-ups so is that know. is that faster than you eric Wait, I'm sorry. 11 minute two mile 
Oh, he's thinking about yeah. it. No, definitely not. You're not fast. That's than pretty. That. That's yeah. pretty fast. Yeah, for you know. So I mean, and I had done really well on this test. Every time I took it, I maxed the score out. So you know, a lot of the commanders were like, "Hey, this is our role model for fitness. You need to be like Mac." You know what I mean? And then I went and attended this training. And then we got in some situations in Iraq and Afghanistan where I I couldn't pull people to cover. I couldn't. Mm. Farmers, you know, firemen carry people. I couldn't. Sometimes couldn't even support standing up with the weight on my back. And, you know, it wasn't until we got into some real situations in Afghanistan where you really got to be self-sufficient, where I was like, man, something's got to change. So you're 34 years old and you do your first CrossFit workout. About. About, yeah. 33, yeah. 34. And uh, it's about as smart as going to ranger school when I was 31. That was not a smart idea neither. That, that's old man age for going to ranger oh, school? Oh, man, totally. They were like, where have you been for like 10 years, dude? They was <laughs> like, uh, you know, this is – Young and the the brave, not the old and uh, slow. And I was like, yeah, all right, well, I'm gonna hang with it though, you know. And so you stick with it after your first workout. You're like, this is for me. Yeah, because I, you know, it's it's not about. Uh, I was just like, oh man, there's something to this. I got to be able to do this. I, I, this this just put me, you know, in a place where I'm not, I'm uncomfortable, and that's good. You know what I mean? I I like this. So. Uh, what, and were there guys in Afghanistan who didn't do CrossFit? Sure. Sure. And was that a different mentality? Where, where, did you become like two different breeds of no, people? No, we saw it in the the you know on the special forces side. They were already doing a little bit of the seal fit at that time was coming abroad. You know, and we saw those guys doing other things. And uh, what we discovered was is you know um, after my 2010 deployment, you know I got the the bug and I was like I'm going this level one thing. You know and. Oh, you did? So in 2010, you went to your level one? Yeah, yeah. So as soon as you got the bug, you went? Yeah, yeah. So I got back from the deployment and was like, yeah, we're going to employ this stuff. I'm going to figure this stuff out. So I thought. But I was a little too cool for school at that time, you know, and I really didn't pay much attention. I mean, I had Chuck Carswell as a flow master. I didn't even know what that meant at the time. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and, and I took some of the information. I was like, it's good, but uh, it was just typical gung-ho guy, man. I was like, I need to do these workouts as fast as possible. And my... My real experience with CrossFit is we did Dumbbell Fran, um, mm -hmm. and they took us outside, and we had to do pull-ups. At, at the L1? Yeah, yeah. And I, I remember at, yeah, yeah. and I remember at that time we had Mad Jacobson, Carl Stedman, and Yami Tekin were on the team with Carrie Ann, and uh, they were no-repping me on pull-ups. And I was like, are you, are you, fuck, you civilian people? Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> I'm freaking United States Army paratrooper, and you're telling me I'm not doing real pull-ups? <laughs> I was like, I'm going to keep you all not, your asses. Were you not going down all the way? I have no idea. I just, uh, they just kept yelling, no rep. And I was like, man, I, you know, I, I can. So I was like, okay. And then that, then the dumbbell thing happened. I was like, okay, this is bullshit. You know, I was like, all right. So I had to go home and, you know, kind of sort this thing out. And uh, shortly after that, I got then uh, assigned to Alaska. Um, I got a phone call and they were like, hey, Mac. Uh, Are make... you and your wife apart at this time? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The the war had take its, taken its toll. I had literally deployed from 2001 to about 2008 almost nonstop. I'd come home, train up, spend a little bit of time home, and then go back. And home is Germany. Yeah, home okay. is Germany the whole time. And uh, what we didn't know then that we know now is, you know, that what I'd seen and done in combat was having a huge impact. And I just thought everyone else was all messed up, not me. Okay. You know, I was like, what's wrong with you guys? You know, I just went to war. Right. Yeah, I need to go party. I need to go have a good time. I need to release a little bit. I don't know why I'm so grumpy right now, but leave me alone. You know, I just served my country, you know, and mm. had I been a little bit more mature and understood what was going on and what I'd seen and, you know, and had we had the resources in place, you know, I, we took a bunch of IED blasts in Iraq and, and we didn't record them. We didn't do any assessments afterwards. We had a lot of incidents, you know, where, you know, they were traumatic events that we we had we known then what we know now we, we could have handled them a lot better really there is a way to mitigate the re-entry 
Yeah, it's called talking. Oh. You know, we don't do that. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, right. I mean, at that time that I came in the military, I mean, you didn't go to someone to talk about your feelings. Right. Like, suck it up, Ranger. Right. Deal with it. You know what I mean? Right. This is your job. This is what we expect you to do. And if you don't do that, you're weak. And, um, you know, that that was just... It's just that's how the culture was. It was that yeah. it was that cut and dry. It was said. It was that explicit that like, hey, to talk oh, man, about this shit. Oh man, you did not go to seek seek counseling if you wanted to progress. You know what I mean? It, it just it did. You didn't. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It meant you were broken. Yeah, it meant that you were weak. You know what I mean? And what it should have meant was that you were strong. Right. That you were recognizing that you had an issue and that you needed help and and that you were seeking it out. No, and it, that should have been rewarded and recognized. And instead, it was. Oh man, this guy—it's another issue. You know what right. I mean? We already got soldiers that can't pay their bills. Now this guy's got a, a you know a psychological issue or needs to see a, a shrink. You know, so um, we just suppress the thing. And I just kept going back to war because it's a drug. Mm. I mean, look at that experience, yes. man. Yes, you cannot totally replicate that here I in the real totally world unless you do it. something like CrossFit, and that's what that draw was. I needed that adrenaline rush, and I was either going to kill myself on a motorcycle, or I could start doing CrossFit. What kind know? of motorcycle? Uh, at that time, uh, I had a couple, but uh, my last motorcycle was a Buell, and it was really fast. Wow! And that's uh, <laughs> you don't have a motorcycle anymore. Uh, I just I sold it because of the uh, yeah. It was a bit difficult in Germany to uh, to register it on their side, so we're in. The, I'm looking for another one at the moment, but yeah, um, fast cars, fast women. You know that was my. That, you know I was like, hey man, I'm gonna. Pro I could die next year. You know, mm -hmm. so that's how me and some of my battle buddies lived our lives for about five to six years, and then it. You know, I was like, man. Hey, we just didn't know what we knew. We were young men. We were trying to lead young men right. and women into combat. We were trying right. to bring everyone home. There was this tremendous amount of pressure, and we didn't have a release. We didn't have CrossFit in the early times to kind of have that release. We hadn't discovered it. We had alcohol, you know, and we had combat, and that's kind of we just, you know. So, the CrossFit, best so, so CrossFit really is a, a – I mean, I mean, we know just by looking at the numbers, and you can check the Google searches. I remember during the Afghanistan war, like – Outside of the United States, Afghanistan and Iraq were like that's where all the Google searches were coming from. Yep. Those were the t number two and number yep. three countries for CrossFit. Absolutely, and it was because the soldiers were there. Without a doubt, so Cross it's a perfect fit. CrossFit saved my life. I mean, I, I was down in the dumps. I, I was really bad off, you know. And had it not been for a community like that at CrossFit Launchstool and guys like Drake Slacky, Kevin Bross, Vic Nicholson, who brought me in, took care of me, you know, and helped. And that's how I healed. You know, through those communities, through those outreach, training with people I never met before who treated me like a brother. Did you have all your fingers in 2010? I did. <laughs> we so, just recently did this in 2015 mm -hmm. uh, is when we did the amputation. But when did your fingers start just not become? It, it never worked after the injury. And when was the injury? It, on that attack. Oh, on that attack? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. I was driving the vehicle when the vehicle got shot, so... Oh yeah, yeah. So I was holding the steering wheel and <laughs> I thought I saw in. The, so what did what it was the attack with? Just a gun? Yeah, yeah. It was small arms fire. Okay, because it and it looked like did it go through the engine block and get you? That was another vehicle. That wasn't mine. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So we we were driving down this way. So it came from the the profile. Okay, so so walk me through it. You're driving. Yeah, and then sometime between when that guy blows up and we shot him and. When we pulled off to the side, I got shot somewhere in between there. I'm not sure when. And there was one bullet. Was the, the truck had got kind of sprayed. So one bullet just missed your head and yeah. was stuck in the back of the headrest. Yeah. And one other bullet came while, through my hand while you're holding the steering wheel. Yeah. And where where did it come in? Do you know? That's a great question. And how it didn't hit Alvarez, who's sitting next to me, my dog. I, I mean, it's it's an act of God, man. I mean, he. he Do was, you know when it hits? No. Um. 
I, you know, your adrenaline's pumping, and, and we had protective gear on, gloves, and I remember we pulled forward, and uh, we pulled off to the side to take cover to try to link up with some other American troops, and I remember looking at Doc like this, and he's like, your hand's bleeding. And I was like, I looked down, and then there was just this big gapping hole. And I was like, oh, shit, you know? And then I was like... Doc? Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, man. I was like, I'm feeling a little woozy here, you know, a scary movie. And he's like, here. And he gave me a, a, a lollipop, you know, a morphine lollipop. And then he just starts packing gauze into it. And I'm like, all right, this, that kind of sucks. You know what I mean? And, so uh, if you're looking at my hand, it, the bullet went in here. Other way. So it came in this side and ripped oh, through. Yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, so good wow. times. Barely got you. Okay, so yeah. so... Everything's over. Thirty minutes later. Yeah. Not over. Over. Yeah. yeah. But, For but, me, it's over. They're putting okay. me on a helicopter, sending me. Oh, yeah. like that. Yeah. So they what they so did. So in those shadows we saw flying away, could you be one of those? Those were attack helicopters. Okay. They were trying to secure the perimeter. Once they had the perimeter secure, they just started taking people out. So and I remember they took me out and then brought me back in and they did a nerve block. And if you've never had a nerve block, it's it's one of the coolest things. And and some of the, the other coolest things are are army medical professionals. They got to have. They've got a sick sense of humor, but man, they, they make this process a lot easier. And I remember laying there, like, hey, we're gonna nerve block your your arm so we can adjust things in the hand. And I'm like, whatever, man. And I remember they gave me the nerve block, and the doc's like, hey, where's your arm at? And I'm like, what's well, at my side? And he's like, five. And he's like, no, it's right here, man. It's it's, it's here. He's like, you're doing all right. I, <laughs> I, 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 at that point, I passed out. So, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, and God bless those those guys, man. They have a, a hell of a job, you know, and. And I think that's why CrossFit is, is essential to a lot of those folks. You know, we have the CrossFit gym at the Army Hospital in Launchville, Germany, and that's a good outlet for those people, too, as well. I mean, they work really hard, and they get no... no for, for the staff. Yeah, yeah. So then you so then you wake up, and this finger, your index finger doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. So, well, at that point, they had just tried to put the hand back together because it had done some damage inside the hand. And they what they do is they'll stabilize, and then they put us in this massive aircraft that is a flying hospital. It's crazy. Is it's fully staffed, and then they'll fly you once you're stable enough. In my situation, that wasn't much of an issue. They fly you into Germany, and then from Germany they'll do further care because it's a trauma three level center, and then they might redirect you to other places in the United and States. And at this point, you're already bummed that you're not back at the fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just you want to be back there yeah, fighting. Yeah, man. I, you know, it's like CrossFit when you when you're injured and gotta watch everyone else do the mm. workout. You know what I mean? You're just like this. This sucks. It's kind of a tough parallel to draw, but I get what you're getting at. No, yeah. it's it's totally. I mean, it's 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 identifiable. Yeah, you can identify with that. Yeah. Feeling you know what I mean and yeah and then it hit me I was like and then I was like man everybody's still in the fight and I'm here mm. and I was like I really thought that I was that special or that I was that that needed in in that the war would stop without me when 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 you when you lose a leg it's got to be like I mean like what like to use Kevin Ogar like he can't walk in yeah right that's got to be like holy shit your whole identity changes when you lose a finger is it like like did you cry or do you are you like do you is it a big deal I don't know, man. I was just, I didn't know how to handle it. You know what I mean? I was like, am I, am I dumb for getting shot? You know, I've been deployed so many times and then this happens. I've been blown up by roadside bombs. I've had all this craziness happen and now this. But what I realized was that that was, uh, you know, my kids came to see me in the hospital and the sheer fear in their face. I was like, I've been, man, I've been torturing my family for years. And I was so greedy. I was so addicted to this thing called war. I never considered that. Wow. So I think it was God's graceful way of saying, "Hey, man, you need to you need to pay attention." So there is, 
let me see if I can ask the question again. There, there, there's no trauma of losing the actual finger. At, at, uh, yeah, sure there is. Like, I mean, now in your life. I mean, you know, I've had it for over 30, you know, 35 years. Um, so, yeah, you're, you're missing something. You, you know? are. Yeah, and, and you recognize that. And I still have feelings sometimes that it's still there, you know. And, I mean, you get that phantom pain. And the fact that you no longer have something that you had before always has some kind of traumatic effect. It's just to what extent. It's kind know? of an important finger, too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, look, now I... When I point to things, I flip people off, you know, that. which is kind of cool, you know. But, you know, where I'm from, people wave, you know, with one finger. And then I realized I was flipping people <laughs> off all the time. Well, or I would point like this in the beginning and then be like, oh, well, so which one is appropriate? You know, and <laughs> it, it really does just look like you have a really long index finger. Yeah, right. Yeah. like when Which I, is scary, you know. Yeah, that is that part's a little you scary. You know, I could check your oil. Um. But it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not losing a leg. No, no. I mean, like if you had to lose your pinky, that'd be even, even be better. Like if you could trade your pinky for your index finger, right? Well, the grip strength comes from here. Right. So, so, you know, I mean, there's nobody wants to lose any limb, you know, uh, to that extent. And and you have to. You didn't, this part didn't even work? Just the whole thing? Nothing, yeah. So it was like this all the time. Oh, straight. Yeah. yeah, and it would get caught in the car door, and uh, it would get caught in things. And uh, it didn't, like, flop around? No, no. It was, it like, was, in rigor mortis? It, yeah. Oh, fuck. Constant boner of my index finger all the time. <laughs> oh, so my God. I mean, to think about it, I mean, the worst would be the thumb, right? Be the yeah, if you lost the thumb, yeah. It's right in the middle. You've got three more to support yeah, exactly. it. Yeah, like, so. Has your middle finger picked up dexterity? Like, is it, is well, the it, funny is it thing smarter was, than normal? Well, just think about typing. That's where it, oh, it had the yeah. greatest impact, and now it yeah. doesn't even phase me. You know what I mean? Oh, then, so it did. It did. It kicked in. Oh, sure. In the beginning, I was like, and then I was just misspelling all kinds of stuff. I was like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And little things yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and now I, I'm offset. You know, and and that's think about our athletes that are out there that are missing a leg, they are missing an arm, and they're yeah. doing these CrossFit workouts. Yeah. Good on them, man. What about talk to me about the hook grip? Do you do you hook grip with the middle finger? I I mean I go right here, so I use still all three, and uh, uh, okay. it, it's pretty effective. Yeah, so so when you hold the barbell here, you notice some difference, and it's affected the whole left side of my body, believe it or not. So that's the impact. So the left side is kind of a little bit frozen, as they they say, and I don't have the range of motion, and it's impacted strength on the whole left side, which is crazy. You would never think that this little finger just from a finger. Yeah, but it, it significantly impacted the whole left side of my body, which a long time I had struggle with but i just have to accept that that's the way it is you know and again credit to those folks that are missing a full limb or full amputee and how's the rest of your body how's your back uh yeah you know it works yeah it does work yeah yeah you know i I, i've hit the ground hard a couple of times you know uh in in parachute landing falls and you know downrange because of our our profession you know we wear a lot of heavy gear and it's probably not the best uh built or prepared you know and in the early days i mean we we carried so much junk um you know and i always wanted to make sure i had enough supplies food and stuff for my my guys so i was always probably carrying way too much stuff and yeah you know i'm a little bit hunched over where i could probably be a little bit more upright but your your wife left you um it was a mutual agreement you know what i mean because she was like i married you dude and you're never here and i didn't understand at that time that you know I was putting the war in front of her, man. I just wanted to go to war. That's all. I mean, I slept the best when I was in combat. Are you guys cool now? Yeah, man. We it's crazy. We live five doors apart. And do you, do you you make you make amends with her? We totally do because our kids were always our focus, and uh, 
and that's what we we kept central to our you know I mean I you know sometimes I'm like man her again you know but I I wouldn't be where I am without her right and that is, and I owe everything to her and she stood beside me even when we were separated and as I moved to this where they live now you know and looking for an apartment and you know I, I owe her a lot you know I I can't you know I I make fun of her a lot and I give her a hard time but you know we live five doors apart and we function and we function because of our kids and our kids you are. guys do like Christmas together and shit yeah man yeah awesome. yeah I, I made some it. killer eggnog you know and and her <laughs> my ex-mother-in-law came by and you know it's a good time do you not drink anymore not right now. I know, but in general. No, I yeah, I I live in Germany. So you do have a beer now and again. Daily? Maybe, yeah, some, maybe yeah. some Jägermeister. Yeah, no, no Jägermeister. Okay. No, I mean uh, now and again, but yeah, you know, and and that's what's so great about the culture is, we you know we have a a beer fridge in our gym, you know, and and I built my community off the fact that I wanted people to come in and have fun, make it the best hour of their day, sit around, have a beer, and make it the best hour of their day, and it is. We keep hearing that from affiliate owners. It is. Yeah. It needs to be your client's best hour of their day. And it turns into two to three hours. I'm like, man, you guys got to go home. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, oh, I, yeah. I, I got to be back here at six and it's nine. How are your carpentry skills? I, I can build you something. You still can? Yeah. Like, yeah. you can build a bunk bed or yeah, a, a I can build you a bomb, too. I mean, I've. Ex- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you swing a 23 ounce hammer? Easily. Okay. My. Uh, my dad would build me I, I was way into reptiles as a little kid so I was always catching reptiles and bringing yeah. it home and my dad would make me um, cages for them scroll down you'll see our, our oh not on this page on our on our page you'll see that we've built a lot of the stuff ourselves in our gym so we have a I love a dad that's a carpenter that's something I'm not a carpenter so we build all these shelves racks and all this stuff within inside the gym so so you can weld too that I cannot I mean oh. I learned it as a as a young kid but I would not want to do it now I would not trust myself. Okay, I'm so, a country boy. You know, country boys can survive. You know, that's <laughs> not to be cliche, but we can do stuff that normal folks can't do. It's 2018 now. We're back in 2010. You lose the finger. You've been in the military for 13 years. Uh, yeah. Does that sound exactly? Yeah. Right? Still got a finger. Still got a finger. That's 2010. Oh, yeah. So yeah. still, still have a finger, yeah. but yeah. but doesn't work. Yeah. Been shot. Yeah. Taken. I'm going. I'm I'm headed to Alaska at this time. Okay. And so. and you've taken your L1. Yep. And your daily CrossFitter. Yep. And you at this point you you've come to terms you um, with your lack of range of motion and pull up and you've been humbled and you're really now embracing the CrossFit movement method. The, That's the first coming of CrossFit. Okay. So that was in 2010. I attended. There you go. That's nice. Yeah. Look at that. And uh, what's that thing called? The right angle thing? Square? The square. Yeah, you got a square. That's hardcore. Don't be a square. Look at it, guys, testing out your. Yeah, man, look at that. He's standing on your bill. That's a German engineer right there. German German ingenuity. German ingenuity right there. Look at gloves. It looks like it's freezing in that gym, is it? uh, Yeah. Yeah, we don't have heat. So uh, look what he's wearing. I'm working on that. You know, um, we're praying for warm weather any day now. So you know, but we started outside. We trained outside for almost a year, um, in a park. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not going to open a gym. I'm not going to invest money in a in a facility till I have seven to ten people that really, really want to do this, and I have their backing and I have their support. Plus, I just retired from active duty. I mean, we don't exactly make a whole lot of money. <laughs> that that you know, I think that's that's um. There's two there's two different kinds of ways to open an affiliate. There's some people who are like, hey, I have 300 members and I'm not profitable. And there's a guy who's like, hey, I'm in a park and I have two members and now I'm profitable. Yep, absolutely. And that was my mindset. I was like, I'm going to have the community first, and all and all slowly. And I just over years collected bits and pieces and bought things secondhand, and. Uh, 
but I was like, my community will be the forefront of this this affiliate, and and by doing so, it afforded me. I don't mean I'm not German, you know what I mean? There's things I don't understand the culture that these people empowered me and helped me understand and helped me do things like Michael here, who helps me build all this stuff. He doesn't look German either. He, he's very German. He yeah. yeah. guy looks so German. Yeah, yeah, he does. Oh, from here he looks Asian to me. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> Do I need new glasses? Yeah. <laughs> well, we're going back to that that brain trauma. Um, okay, so, so so fuck that. So night. you go to Alaska. <laughs> you go to Alaska, and I am uh, I'm assigned as a company first sergeant uh, for an engineer company. And I'm like, we, we are going to do this CrossFit thing, you know. And it wasn't well received. And we had a, an affiliate on post, uh, a military affiliate that was uh, ran in a big Air Force hangar. So it's a joint base, mili- uh, Army Air Force. And, uh, you know, like anyone, I'm raw. I'm just trying to figure it out, you know. But I'm like, I know it works, you know. And we had Alaska. So we would hike, cross-country ski, parachute in the snow. So we needed this, this expanded, this constantly varied uh, fitness and it was going well, you know, we applied it to our PT uh, physical training and we saw people getting better from it. Every, you know, PT tests were not an issue anymore and people were having fun. You know, military physical training is sometimes not fun. and not So fun and improving at everything. They yeah, do. man. Okay. We're getting people ready to go to war. And that was my whole intent. That was my whole drive. You know, and I pushed those guys hard and, and I had a reputation for not being a nice guy, you know, but I people's lives were on the line right and i empower right. you know we, we were able to apply. he's a dick but he saved my life exactly all right. you know, so that's watch. all i need you know <laughs> right, I, right, I, right. I don't Call need you to pause, like right. me yeah i don't right. need you to like me i need you to understand that what i'm trying to do is make you better right and we use that you know and then i we had a, this military affiliate got down range and we still employed a lot of what we'd used you know and i got injured and, and like i said i hung out the military affiliate on at the army hospital and then they sent me back to alaska to how did you get injured the gunshot. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right, okay. So that's where we fast forward to the gunshot rehabbing at the, the Army Hospital in Germany, and then they send me back to uh, to Alaska. Okay. And they're trying to figure out what to do with me at the time because everyone's still deployed. And I was like, hey, man, uh, you know, big army talking about moving me to Munich, Germany, so I can be back near my kids again. And uh, I just want to run this military affiliate for a couple months. And then during that time, we had a— In Alaska. Yeah, yeah, on, on joint Elman, Elmendorf. Richardson Elmendorf or whatever the name is now. And we had a level one with Todd Whitman, Jesse Ward, Austin Stack. They came up there. And Roy Zamar came up there, yeah. Badass. Even though it wasn't well received, you still was the army still yeah, supported yeah, you guys. Yeah. Well we guys. had the Air Force's support. We didn't have the army support. Okay. And we had Jason McDonald, um, the Canadian spy. It was okay. awesome. We had I had to escort him everywhere. It was great. And, and we had a level one. And uh, it was a good good turnout. And I remember uh, Todd Whitman, who I didn't know who he was. I just showed him a good time, man. We had a really good time. And that was your second L1. Yeah, so I'd host, you know, I was the host for okay. it. We hosted it at the affiliate. And, uh, you know, everyone in Alaska was received them well, showed them a good time. And I remember at the end of the seminar, Todd just being like, hey, man, you should try out for this level one stuff. And I was like, who is this dude? Whatever. <laughs> I'm freaking, I'm, I'm paratrooper, man. That's right. what I do, you know? Right. And, uh, and I think I, you know, like a couple of weeks later or something, I think I got an email from Todd again about, you know, another seminar or something. He's like, hey, man, did you, uh, did you send your resume? I was like, oh, this dude was serious. So I'm Googling Todd Whitman. I'm like, I'm a f- idiot. <laughs> I'm like, this dude, <laughs> this dude just told me. And I, yeah, so I, you know, real quick, I, I'm working with Vic at CrossFit Anchorage at that time. I'm like, hey, man, we got to put a resume together. I need something. I need to contact DC, blah, blah, blah. And I, I send my resume, and they're like, well, we don't really need anybody in Alaska at the moment. 
And I was like, all right, that's cool, but you know, we'll keep you in mind. And then literally, I think 30 days later, I got my assignment orders back to that assignment in, in Munich. And I wrote EC and I was like, hey, I'm moving to Germany. And she's like, okay, you got 30 days after you get to Germany to intern for level one. I was like, holy cow, hmm. this just got real. <laughs> and, and then it just started. That was already, the writing was kind of on the wall. And is it 2011 yet? It's already, we we're, we're jumped, we went from level one took place in uh, 2013. Okay, the so, one in Alaska. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it, so you were there quite a while. Three years was a tour. Okay. So, yeah. I spent more time in Afghanistan and uh, in Launchtool, Germany, than I did in Alaska. But man, Alaska—if you ever get a chance—it's amazing. I love that place. I've heard. I've heard people. Postcards don't do it justice. Yeah. I mean, the people are super cool. The landscape is amazing. The CrossFit community is awesome. Um, it's just a good time. So if if you get a, you know, that's that's my where I want to end up at, at the end of the, the day. Um, I would really like to live up there again. Wow, that's good to hear. It's a great place. Mm. It's amazing. It is really great. Okay, so 2013, you're back in Germany, yep. and you start the internship yep, process. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, that was a. And it, you're and you're still you're still still in on the active army. Duty, yeah, yeah. In, in active duty, and 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 when do you get out of the army? What year? We I got out in 2016. Are they tripping that you're doing both? Uh, doing the internship and the you know. <laughs> At that point, I was, I was wondering the same. Thing. Yeah, yeah, I was mature enough, and I had an assignment that allowed me to do it. You know, we were on big boy rules at, at, at that assignment, and I had a boss that supported, encouraged me, and I, I kind of already had the writing was on the wall. I was like, I think I'm, I'm over this military thing now. I think uh, I'm not going to lead troops anymore, and I'm not going to jump out of high performance aircraft anymore. I, you know, you may, you know, maybe life after the military. And and Drake Slack, he, you know, was had just recently retired and opened up Reebok CrossFit Nuremberg and man him and his family opened up their home and gym to me and took me in while I was trying to rehab from my injuries and and growing up in CrossFit I essentially kind of grew up in the, the the German community and uh you know he was along the way pushing me on this intern process you know I mean his his advice to me was you know don't f it up I mean but it's not really mentorship <laughs> or guidance but you know yeah, he's like you'll do fine yeah just don't 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 f it up so uh, and yeah uh, you know, I went to the first couple internships, and I think on the third or fourth one, I got told, you know, hey, I, I need to do one more. I need to work on some stuff, and which was a kind of a, a shock to me, you know. Again, some civilian. Who told you that? Which flowmaster? Nicole Gordon. Okay. Yeah, and mm. I love her to death, man. And it, it was what I needed to hear, you know what I mean? Because I came from this lineage of military where I could, you know, couldn't do much wrong, or I was always in charge. You know? And you were excelling. I was and, doing and, really. And win, well. You were winning. Yeah, exactly. And then I was, and then you know. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go back and I'm going to get better. And then I, I did one more with Yami Tekin in Vienna. And then he was – and the funny thing is, is at that time I still had a finger. And uh, and I was leading the presses group. And in the corner of my eye, Yami is just losing it. And I'm like, what is he laughing about? I'm like, I'm really messing this up. I'm done. I'm never going to get on L1 staff. This dude is just laughing at me in public. You know, that's how bad I am. Uh -huh. And I look around the circle and everyone is doing this. Oh <laughs> shit! <laughs> the whole circle has their index finger pointed up, because, I, making fun of you, or because they really think they that's thought, what they're yeah, supposed to I, do. Yeah, because I follow directions. Yeah, they're they're trying to mimic what I'm doing in the small group, and uh, as a, and then I was like, you know what? If if I make it or not, this has been awesome experience, and that just capped it off. And I was like, uh, yeah, guys, if you want a PR, you need to stick your finger up. But uh, <laughs> let's keep our fingers around the bar, and then. Uh, yeah, man. 
That's awesome. It was hilarious. And Yami's and Yami finally pushed you through. He gave the recommendation to Colin Dave. I think so. Yeah, yeah. He was the last one I had. We yeah. heard he's the hardest one. He's uh yeah. Can neither can confirm or deny that, but um, yeah, I would I would I think I'm, there's only three of us on staff or two. Me and Simon Jones that were recommended by Yami. Yeah. Is that is that yeah. after three seminars? That was after that would have been my fifth one, and that's Ooh. that's the first I've heard of that too. So yeah. I'm getting because some of the stories we're hearing is is you do three internships and you get thrown back in the pond for yeah, six man. months. Yeah, I, I mean it's it's not an easy process. You need to know you know, and you, and you you got to be passionate about it. I mean it you know, um, I think people take for granted it's a great job, but it's it's emotionally and physically demanding, and you need to be ready for that. And there's no fucking around. No, there's not. No, there's not. I mean, people spend a, a lot of money and, and give up their weekends to be with us. I mean, what an amazing opportunity that you cannot. Right. You can't. You got to take that serious. You know, these people are. You know, and you have the opportunity. One chance. You have one chance in that weekend to make an impact on somebody's life. And man, um, you guys do such a great job. It is Incredible. the L one is a fucking life changer. It's crazy. It is. Yeah. You know what I mean? And do you ever get tired of giving it? Um. No. No. And, and if I do, then that's the time to quit. And that and that's where I reached the in my military career. I was like, man, I'm just I don't I'm not if I'm not passionate about it, why am I doing it? Natalia from uh, Spain. 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 Uh, she just did her ninetieth. Yeah. And she said, she said you would think you do anything ninety times. Basic. I'm paraphrasing. You'd get bored. She's like, it's crazy. I iron my shirt every seminar. She's like, every week. It's like fucking. It blows our mind away too. Yep. Yep. And you're emotionally drained after it, physically as well. You know. Will you pull your mic up just a little bit? Sure. Is my beard in the way? There you go. No, you had a great. So, so you, you make it on the team. Yeah. And how old are you at that time? Oh man, thirty-nine, something like that. No, it was in two thousand fourteen. So that was four years ago. So yeah, I'm thirty-seven. Thirty-seven at the yeah. time. And are you ecstatic? I'm. I'm losing my mind. Do you cry? I don't cry. No, okay, sorry. Uh, maybe just a little? No. No, okay. <laughs> no, maybe at the end of Titanic. Had you started doing any of the counseling or talking or some of the stuff you mentioned in the beginning that you're like you're coming to terms with now, had any of that started surfacing at that point? Um, it, it already started surfacing in Alaska. I was like, I, I got to get some help, man. Like, I already needed help in Launchstool, and I didn't know how to reach out for it. And uh, Lawnstuhl. Lawnstuhl. Yeah, very German name. It huh? sounds like a shit on a lawn. Lawnstuhl. Lawnstuhl. Your German accent. It's German yeah. for your dog yeah. poop on the lawn. Exactly. Lawnstuhl. Lawn lawn now, yeah. now I know why. Now I know why likes you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lawnstuhl. Lawnstuhl. Oh yeah. Okay, so this is serious. No more. Um, so, so you're, you recognize, and, and how do you recognize? How does someone recognize that? Well. You know, and, and if this if this helps anyone, but man, I noticed that my temper was out of control. Like I, I could flip shit quick. Like I could go to zero to a hundred on people or on objects. It didn't matter. So you could just be in the kitchen doing something. All of a sudden, you can't throw find something. my car keys. Oh shit! Yeah, man, it oh, would get bad. Yeah, it would get bad, and my drinking got significantly worse. And uh, and I didn't understand what was going on. You know, when relationships were starting to fail. You know, what is the connection? Why? What is the connection? Why, why? Why is it the temper that is? What I think we're we're what's still the mechanism that still causes. Still trying to understand that, you know, because for someone like me, man, I, you know, I had the control. I had the ability to call fire onto an object with artillery or an attack helicopter, and now I can't find my freaking keys. Are you serious? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Are you? I mean, okay. come on. You right. know what I mean? And uh, yeah, man, you just you start feeling out of control. You start losing control. 
and then uh you know you start trying to to find ways to to deal with that whether it's alcohol or you know driving a fast motorcycle and, and you know thank goodness you know crossfit was that constant there that brought me back you know no matter how bad my day is no matter you know sometimes I open a bottle of wine at 1300 and i'm like hey kid look dad that's that's gonna have red wine and it's one o'clock because you know we are not jiving right now like you know what i mean mm. or i can go to the crossfit gym and i can knock out a workout and i can carry on and it, it don't need to be an hour and a half training session it can be 10 minutes of something high intensity you know what i mean and it brings me right back to where i need to be someone sent me a dm the other day and they said hey I go to this affiliate and they started complaining about their affiliate owner they said what should i do and i wrote back i have the perfect answer for you do a hundred burpees as fast as you can Take a deep breath, and the ants will be there for it'll you. It'll be over. Yeah, yeah, it'll be. It, it, it'll, and it'll I be thought better. they were going to write back something pissed, and they yeah. were like, "Hey, thanks. I worked this thing out." That's it, man. It's amazing, you know what I mean? right? Yeah. A little oxygen deprivation. Totally. Fucking totally. hit the reset button on a bunch of shit, right? Yeah. Is is that is that a cure, or is that just more pushing it down? No, I think it's a cure. It's an outlet. I, I for me, anyways, you know, in in terms of a cure, we got to be, I guess, careful in medical terms of what we talk about cure. But it, it, maybe it's a remedy, remedy, it, or it helps you. It's more than just a coping mechanism. Yeah, yeah. Alcohol yeah. is a coping mechanism. Exactly, a poor one. Okay, a real poor one. And so, so even though we're not doctors here, we'll, we'll say it's better than it's 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 better than coping. Got to be. It's got to be. I mean, doing CrossFit. Yeah, I mean, I found myself in this vicious circle that I would, you know, get drunk. Wake up, feel bad, not train, and I get depressed. I didn't train, and I start drinking. You, you know what I mean? And yeah, this evil yeah, yeah. This circle, this downward spiral, and then I'd be down in the dumps, and wouldn't want to get out of bed anymore. And I'm like, this ain't me, right? This isn't, you know. And and I realized, get up, go do a workout, kick your day off that way, spend some, spend an hour of time with people that are passionate about fitness, and the rest of the day will be easy. And it's not always rainbows and you know unicorns, but. It's a lot better when I start my day that way. Did you see the stuff stores working on a unicorn of like vomiting a rainbow or some shit like that? A sticker? A cross sticker? Have you seen that? No. I've seen a couple prototypes around the office. It's uh, fucking badass. Yeah. There's a <laughs> it's badass. There's another Athena shirt coming out. There where Athena's got a different look that Reebok has. I really? Yeah, cool, man. Yeah. And there stuff stores getting that book next week too, by the way. But Athena's a okay. real dog. How can you give a real dog a different look? Well, it's like it's like a cartoon dog. Yeah. Oh, okay. With like a bicep. A little bit more enhanced. Yeah. That's cool. It's kind of cool. I can't wait to read it. Yeah. Stuff Store is getting it. Uh, I think I'm not going to read it until she promises to come in here. April 11th. That'd be a good time. <laughs> okay, done. Yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. Tia, the gun has yeah. been thrown. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Why? So so you're, you have one year left. You make the L1 team. You start. You, 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 you have a seamless transition. Right? Pretty much from yeah. the military into being one of the greatest trainers who walks the planet, and that and that's a huge thing that I think a lot of people miss out on is that transition. Man, you wake up one day, you know, people are telling you what to do. You know, you have your routine, you have your battle buddies, and then you wake up the next day and you're in civilian clothes, and there's no one telling you what to do. There's no physical training with your buddies early in the morning. There's nothing. You're lost. And I think a lot of you know folks. It's, I know I would have struggled if it wasn't for CrossFit. If it wasn't that that I had this constant in my life, no matter where I go in the world, I can walk into affiliate, I can feel at home. You know, I have that constant in my life. And, and military people, in my opinion, need that. You know, I needed that, and I wouldn't have made this transition. And, and it's not always easy. I'm still, I still miss it. 
You know, there's, there's no better feeling than jumping out of an airplane and landing on the objective and blowing things up and shooting bad guys. You know, you can't replace that stuff. Right. You know, in the sense, but I did. You know, I, I had a team. I've got a team of red shirts that every weekend when I show up, I've got their support. You know, I can confide in them. We're struggling with some of the same things as part of being on staff, and we're on the weekends. We're away, and during the week when we have time, no one else has time. Mm. I got another brotherhood, and that's what I needed. You know, and I think a lot of my military folks miss that when they get out, you know, or they just transition to wearing khakis instead of, you know, and I was like, I'm not going to do that. If I'm going to get out, I'm going to get out, and I'm going to separate myself from it. And military people are welcome to come to my gym, but that's not what I'm going to seek out. You know, I'm going to seek out a whole nother. I've influenced military. I think people. I remember Dave saying that too when Dave was left. Yeah, Gacky was out. Yeah, he's not like. Nope. He's not. Play, he's not playing that game. No, meaning. Why? I, I'm not sure. I get it. What's wrong with Khaki? It's just a, as a that's contractor. What he wore that's for what twenty they, for twenty years. He wore this oh, one outfit. Yeah, 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 he's yeah. not going to hold on to it by wearing the oh. same thing for another twenty. Years. Oh, I was thinking it was like like sellout. Well, what you'll, guys will transition from wearing, you know, the camis to wearing khaki pants and a polo shirt, kind of essentially doing the same job. Oh, yeah. As, Fuck that. You know, yeah. and I wanted to reinvent myself. I had the opportunity. I was given Or, or sorry, sorry, sorry. I misunderstood. Sorry. You're but, thinking about their uniform. Their but, but even the camo. Yeah, great. yeah. David put the camo aside. Yeah, sorry, exactly. Not khakis, the camo. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think, think that's now, what their I, uniform is called, their dress uniform. And I think now he's more, he's now, he's, you know, he's been out for five years or whatever, and now he's more okay with it. Like, occasionally I'll see something with him that he has some camo, something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Holster or something, yeah. but he didn't. I wanted to reinvent myself. You know, yeah. the, the military gave me the opportunity yeah. to lead America's finest, and I did, and I did it as best as I could. But now I want to lead other people. I want to lead soccer moms. I want to lead people that are, are dealing with diabetes. I want to when lead did you, people. When did you realize that um, CrossFit? So, so at first it was. If, if I understand you correctly, when you first did CrossFit, you realized, holy shit, I thought I was in great shape. I need to be in better shape, and this can help me better do my job and yep. better blow shit up and better help people. Exactly. And be a better soldier. Yeah, exactly. Better and lead na- soldiers. And now um, you've you've described you, – you told us uh, that was 2010. Now in 2015, you're describing a CrossFit that can help um, with uh, – I don't want to say mental illness. That's too strong. Yeah. It can help with mental clarity. Absolutely. It can bring mental health. So now you found another thing for it. Um, when do you realize – did you just stumble upon that or did someone tell you? And, and now that you're an one trainer and you know that you have the cure for chronic disease for something that's even one of the most profound things sure. that's happening on the planet, tell me about this transition. Is it smooth? Is it shocking? Is it – did you always know it? No. I didn't, and I didn't know it till I started training out in the park with a bunch of strangers, and I saw the power. I mean, I, I was lucky enough to work for Drake at, at Reebok CrossFit Nuremberg, and they have a great community, great community. But it's a different city, it's a different culture, it's a different facility, and I needed to recreate, or I wanted to have a community as well, and I had no idea how to create it. So I just started pay, posting on Facebook, I'll be here doing CrossFit. I still I had my affiliate name at that time, you know, and was able to provide, and I, and I just started showing up. And sometimes two people would show up, sometimes ten. People would see us doing stuff and ask, what are you guys doing? And you, you know? worked out with the group at that point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, just anything to get people going because most people had no exposure. Or they had exposure, but, you know, yeah, you're like, yeah. oh, you've done CrossFit? Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let me dose you uh, up. Real yeah. Quick. Yeah. Let's let's just keep doing what we're doing here. We'll do a lot of air squats and push-ups. You right. know. And then I saw these people come together, and I saw members that had posted in our little group, "Hey, I'm moving on this day. I really need some help. I, I'm moving on this day." And then that day came, and then we're like, "What's up with help?" And she's like, "Well, I moved my apartment by myself." Cause of CrossFit because I've been empowered now. I didn't need your guys' help. I thought I did, but I don't. Uh huh. You know. 
And, and the opposite side of that is these people have lived in the same town for, you know, their whole life and had never met one another. Right. And now they have a whole other social circle, a whole other social dynamic that meets on Sundays and goes hiking or goes for beers. Or we have what's in our gym is our best day is called Pizza Power Talk. It's every Wednesday. And that's how we started. Every Wednesday I met in the park. And afterwards, to get to know these people, we went to the local Irish pub. We went and had a pizza. We went out and had a donor. Donors. Bob's. Yeah, exactly. Wow. And, and it caught on. Yeah, it, I didn't get you. you know, yeah. <laughs> how, did you, how did you know that? Street food. He's, uh, look at I've that picture over there. Yeah. If you've drank two of those, you've had a donor kebab afterwards. <laughs> guaranteed. Damn. Yeah. Damn, yeah. damn, damn. And maybe an STD as well. Oh. <laughs> maybe pay for dessert. <laughs> One of those and someone gets pregnant too and it's an STD. Um, are you the only American in your gym? Uh, no, I have a, I have two now. Two. Uh, Clint, 67 years old. What's he doing in Germany? He works as an IT specialist for the United States Air Force. Okay, and the other guy? is He just recently got off active duty and came from, man, Clarksville, Tennessee. And him and his family, his wife is from that area, and they're trying to re- relocate there. So, uh, um, How close are you to the base? Uh, the nearest base is about forty minutes. Oh, so it's not close. Yeah. No. So you're not you're not. Um, no. What's that called when you when you pick stuff off of? Um, you're not you're not poaching. No. You're not. No. You really no. Aren't. We're out in the middle of wine country. You know, we're out in the middle of nowhere. You know, and that's how I like it. You know. And how close is the closest airport to you? Uh, Frankfurt is forty five minutes. And how many seminars are you doing? What's your? Uh, you know, it's awesome in Germany next month or this month. We have a. Uh, we have a seminar almost every weekend. Wow. Berlin, Munich, and Nuremberg. Will you drive to those? Sometimes I do because as my the as an affiliate liaison, that's my role. Back Koitznock, there we are, right there. Oh yeah, shit. That's why yeah. you're here. We haven't even talked about yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Three so, hours in or some shit. I yeah. I I, I drive so I can stop in and, and, and see these affiliates. And th- and this is not an inspection thing. And I I really want everyone to understand. I just want to know how you're doing, man. You pay a lot of money. You know? The furthest thing from an inspection. Yeah, it's the furthest thing. I want to come in. I, Throw down with you guys, drink mm-hmm. beer. Let me know your thoughts, concerns, what's going well, what's going wrong. How can I help you? Right. I love this stuff. And right. I and I want it to I want you as an affiliate owner to do well. And if I can help you do that, I will. We just gotta have that conversation. You're there to be taught. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And them to teach you what they need. Absolutely. How you can help. And man, I learn stuff from them. And I go in affiliates and I see great things happening. And then there's the the social media project, you know, I try to put that out because these affiliates are doing great things every day. How many affiliates are there in Germany? We have 301 now. Can I see the Instagram account? God, I thought it was more than that. No, no. I've contacted 150, and I've done 50 face-to-faces so far since September of last year. Wow. Can I see the homepage? Why why are there only, not that I give a fuck, but why are there only 1,826 followers? This is, we're doing good. We are? Yeah, 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 yeah. We're doing a... Uh, I mean, we. I would like more. Do I? Do you, uh, let me see if I follow. Let me see. Yeah. If, I mean, if you're gonna hate the game, better be following it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and it, it's took a little while for it to catch on, and it's catching on. Is um, it, do do Germans use Instagram? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do. So, and, and it, it's sometimes hit or miss. We go between, you know. Uh, well, let me see what uh, CrossFit Deutschland. D. There it is. Right there. Oh shit. Now check the number of followers. There you go. Refresh. Did we just get one more? Refresh, Eric. Refresh. Should we get two? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. 
And, you know, we tried to just spread the story. So, you know, and that's mm -hmm. what I need people to understand from this. We do translate the workouts, and we translate our material, and we highlight people uh, going to the level one, you know, and people doing great things. And I want to tell their story. It has nothing to do with me, you know. Absolutely. How many um, people live in Germany? Oh, man, that's a great question. Google, Siri. I don't know if I'm surprised you don't know. You, I know. <laughs> you, you, have, you, have, you have one of the um, smartest, I'm guessing, countries in the world. Ambitious, wow. big, wow. Yeah, yeah. 82 million. million. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to catch on like wildfire. I think they're going to have, th this is going to be one of those countries that. It's great. The people are going to like. Uh, you know, it, it, there will be some, some cultural things that, we're, we're, you know, some of the things are just going to take some time to translate and to settle in. I mean, 300 is a good amount of affiliates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know, we, we're see if you go back to that map, you know, if you look, look, it's it's all here. It's all down in this area. So Frankfurt South, you know, we, we've got good coverage. Uh, and my goal is to, is to try to take the word a little bit further north, you know, Hanover, this area up here. Try to, try to you know, hit those areas. Where Where's your home? Point to your home? Where, yeah. Oh, you're by Stuttgart? No, no. Well, yeah, roughly. Bad, bad Freundsen, right? Koitznut, right here. Koitznut. BK, as the as Americans always BK. call it. So bad Koitznut right there. Koitznut. Yeah, Koitznut. Yeah. Koitznut. That was not a very glamorous way of saying that. No. So that's why all the Americans say BK. Yeah. So, and we've got a significant amount of, of affiliates here in Vi uh, Wiesbaden and Mainz. And look, Frankfurt only has five. For a huge metropolitan city like Frankfurt, five. I mean, it's like the, the hub, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. So, so, so. How, how many do you have under your belt right now? How many seminars? Uh, I think I did 95. Last weekend I was in Ooh. Munich. You know, and that's great being on these German uh, seminars because I can really then talk to people. We can get the word out what we're doing. We mm. can share their story. And I encourage people, you know, share it with me. That's why I'm there. You know, I'm, Do your kids CrossFit? Yes. Yeah. So the oldest one does. Uh, the youngest one depends on what kind of mood he's in. You know what I mean? He's a... Uh, yeah, he's a bit moody. Seventeen, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do yeah. your kids show any signs of wanting to go into the military? I, uh, I hope they don't. I mean, if they do, great. But uh, yeah, that's not my desire for them. I want them to go see the world. And if it's through the military, then great. Because, like I said, I came from a small town in Indiana, where most people don't leave. They never get out. Do they have dual citizenship? Yes. So would they? I mean, isn't it mandatory wow. to serve in? Not in anymore. Germany? So we oh. stopped. That stopped about four years ago. Oh. So yeah. oh shit. So, yeah, there's no obligatory service anymore. So it used to be, yeah, you would have to serve for two years, but no, they don't. They don't have to anymore. So, um, that's a good thing. You know what I mean? But um, when Greg sort of describes CrossFit, he describes it as a giant national forest. And he says all of us who work at HQ, are, we're, we're basically the rangers, and we have to fucking take care of the forest. And we have to make sure that That's like awesome. someone's not poisoning the bears over here, chopping down too many trees over here. True. But it's really just like it's about balance, balance and keeping yeah. the peace. It's not about like it's going to grow. Yeah, it it's going to grow. It's doing its thing. The, the healthy forest is going to grow. We just have to make sure that it doesn't get polluted or lose its way. Absolutely. And that's kind of what's so cool that, you know, he, he owns CrossFit because um, – he is uh, not only unbiable, but he's um, unrelenting. Yeah. yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah, you got to hang with him last night, yeah, right? yeah. and you feel that the second yeah, you hang man. out with him, right? Like he Amazing. is fucking driven. Yeah, yeah. And um, whether he has, uh, he 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 doesn't need anything else except no. except to keep spreading the good word. Yeah. And does it ever blow your mind that 
you're one of like that's what you are oh, now. It blew my mind. I was sitting across you're, from Coach last night listening to him talk to me. You know, like, yeah, like it's pretty infectious. It's, yeah. But it, you're one of his clones. There's only 170 of you or however many there are, and you're one of his clones. Like like Matt and I aren't that. Yeah, but you, you know guys I mean? are sexy. Yeah, well, what I don't I, have that. So. I am. It's got something. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Matt's just young. I'm sexy. Yeah. Oh, dude, you called me. You told me I looked old yesterday. Well, next to fucking uh, what's his name? Oh, Ricardo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not Ricardo. Ricardinho. It's dude, he goes, he goes by Ricardo. Dude, his email is Ricardo. Ricardinho. No, you're not pronouncing it right though. He hasn't told me I'm wrong. It's a Brazilian Beckham. He cars, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What is it? David Beckham cars yeah. with a, a Viking. Yeah. <laughs> what 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 would you like to see in Germany? What would you like to see? Um, how would you like to see the community develop? I, it, it's in. The, it's going in the right direction. Um, uh, you know, I I think there's got to be a little bit more understanding. I think people got to understand the difference between the sport of CrossFit and CrossFit, and that man, Coach said it. He said it last night. CrossFit's not for everybody it's for anybody right it's for it's for anybody anybody right. can do this stuff right you know and, and they just got to try it you know they got to put aside what they see yeah the what you see at the games is, is, is like what you see at a soccer game i can't play at that level of soccer but does that mean i'm not going to play soccer anymore right no i'm going to do the best i can i'm going to be happy with that you know and i'm going to give people a high five and we're going to drink some beer afterwards and how about how about this one um everyone should sing not all of us are going to be mick jagger True. But it's okay. Yeah, Singing has, is, is awesome. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. And those guys at the games are those are the McJaggers. Absolutely, it's top tier, you know. <laughs> right. And, and that's it's what it's, what you don't like. I'm it? just imagining <laughs> Mick Jagger strung out going out there doing muscle. Yeah, <laughs> might be possible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man. I mean, Keith Richards may. I mean, he sold his soul to the devil. Clearly, I mean, he's been alive this long, so I'm sure he could string together some <laughs> some muscle. Dude. Hey, when you no weigh 98 pounds, you can do a muscle. Bro, you don't live that long and had those experiences without some kind of. How 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 is your muscle up? I got one. You got one. Yeah. You have because you, you're lean and mean. That's right. Yeah. So I, I I normally get to demo them on the uh the level one. So. What what is the what is the move that you least like of the of the functional movements? Uh, the overhead squat. These shoulders. Oh. You know, or just like see that. Yeah, it's yeah. not. I mean, I just got that bad posture. It's you know carrying a rucksack, head down. And I just, I work on it. You know, I work my weaknesses, and that's what I love about this program is it encourages you to double work. unders. You got some good double yes, unders. Yes, sir. You work out with the crew, the youngins, on Saturday at lunch. I try. <laughs> I scale <laughs> appropriately. That staff is vicious. Look at the. <laughs> I know. Nat, are you serious? Animals, right? You know. Yeah. I mean, I try to find stuff that I'm better at them at, and I haven't. Yeah. I started a workout facing Nat yesterday, and after the first round, I turned around. I was like, I can't. I can't. You're just, just yeah. Well, we got Oakley me. Woodhouse on team. She's 21 years old, been to the games on a team, and then there's me. You know, and so let I, me ask you about that cult- culturally speaking. Um, when you when you're in the military, uh, is 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 there is there a gender issue? Is it okay if the women are stronger and faster? I mean, around here, it's like the the stronger women stronger than men are dime a dozen. Well, I, I'm not okay. gonna. You know, in my in my profession at the time, there there weren't women allowed. And it wasn't until I uh, took a, a position where I had women in my unit where I was like, wow, this is a whole other dynamic, you yeah, know? Yeah, And, uh, man, I love it. I love seeing girls strong, you know what I mean? And I'm sorry, but, you know, CrossFit women are good-looking, man. Yeah. They're strong. They're sexy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and no matter what form that comes, the confidence they, they project, the ability to do things on their own makes them attractive. 
You know what I mean? No matter what their size. Are Are you married now? No. Are you Are you in a relationship? No. So if we can find a woman for you who um, makes more money than you and is stronger than you, you're Let's okay with it. Let's do it. Let's do it. I will be a pool boy. You know what I mean? I have no problem cleaning a pool. You know what I mean? With my shirt off. And it's been said. Yeah, yeah. I'll wear a bow tie and clean the house. You the know, ladies, I, he'll make you an awesome closet. Yeah. He's I mean, I, you know, I like, I like puppies. Yeah, yeah. Tiramisu. Yeah. Um, strong walks on the beach. And strong, so. and strong wealthy women. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Quite a Not into yoga, you know? I love it. Yeah, but you'll always learn. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever been? Is this your first time out here, THQ? Yes. Yeah. What an experience. I'd love Holy to. Cow. I'd like to um, end this by inviting you back. Thank you. Uh, maybe we can actually talk about the reason why you're here <laughs> next time you're here. <laughs> what a great story you have. Yeah. Um, Fucking incredible. Thank you for uh, letting us pry and <laughs> thank you and being so open. Yeah. This well, thank the community, man. It's, it's, it's again, it's like the military. It's not what I. That's what this community allows me to do. What Dave and Nicole allow me to do every weekend. What coaches, you know, made me a part of. <laughs> you you bring you bring in an awareness um, we, uh, that's that's really important to the community. Um, besides being you know forging elite uh, fitness and and losing weight, but just. In terms of a good mental health state, you yeah, have a got great to. experience at that, and I'm sure there's millions of people out there who who are are gonna um, somewhere downstream learn that from you. I hope. Yeah. All right. Awesome. I've Thank got a couple take. Much. I got a couple takeaways here. You do? Yeah. Um, Michelle's middle name? Wilma. Okay. Man, oh, it's really it's really nice. <laughs> Um, and also, I've heard this forest analogy four times now, and you've whittled, no pun intended, down to it's pretty good. Huh? I liked it this time. Yeah. Thank you, good. Matt. That, that was, was really good. good. Yeah, yeah. It was good. Yeah. Have, are you still recording? Did you catch that compliment? Um, no. Because you, <laughs> you should land the plane, Eric. <laughs> Is that it? That was very nice. Guys, thank you so much. Thank you. Wilma, do they have <laughs> the Flintstones in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Germany? Yeah. Is that who she's named after? I don't know. That's the only Wilma I've ever known. I wasn't guessing that. I wasn't guessing it. So embarrassing.